0: Who's next podcast? Who's next? Who's next? That was beautiful. A next podcast.
1: Alright, I think I'm ready. You ready?
2: Uh yeah. I'm just pulling I was just pulling up some stuff on the Steam Deck, but you can go ahead.
1: Alright, cool, cool. All right. Well we're here. Who's next podcast? Starting it off, gaming episode, and I have of course my trusty sidekick here, Mr. Kevin. Yo, what's up, y'all? You should start recording with a Robin suit on. I think that would be fantastic. No, just, uh, just you see, you well, say I'm your sidekick, <laughs> but I'm no, I'm nobody's sidekick.
2: I, I'm more like a solo act.
1: That's also <laughs> my sidekick.
2: All right, so we're going. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, if I, if, if anything, it's more like uh, I'm Deadpool and you're Spider Man. That's what that's that's what this team. Oh, is okay, playing. okay.
1: All right, Robin. So <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and start the recording, and. Um... Mamma Mia get into some of the news, some of the stuff that we have going on, some of the things we decided to pull. And uh, for starters, um, I think one of the biggest things happening right now is that shit going on with Blizzard Activision. Have you been hearing about that?
2: Uh, No, actually, I don't think I have heard it. uh... Mamma mia!
1: The state of California is suing Blizzard Activision for having a toxic workplace culture.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I haven't heard about that one.
1: And there was a, I think there was an organized walkout with some of the employees from the company. Cause, like, so it's kind of interesting. The articles I've been reading about it is that apparently, which there were some allegations and stuff, you know, during I think maybe 2019, 2018, 2020, those couple of years you know, there was that rise and it happened with the gaming industry as well as a couple of other ones with that, uh, me too movement. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, women in some of these like gaming companies talking about how is this male dominated space and, um, uh, the men could be kind of lewd and crude and, and create a toxic work environment. So there was some complaints and shots. I think Ubisoft has faced some shit with this. um, I say shit, I want to like talk disparagingly about it. I'm just, you know, it's just a way of talking. It's not to put it down. Like if, you know, that shit's really going on, you definitely want to be sensitive to that kind of stuff. So, but, um, Ubisoft was dealing with it. Uh, I think, uh, of course, Blizzard Activision. Um, I want to say there was another company, you know, surprise to say, I don't think anything came out against EA for all the hate that they get. Um, yeah,
2: so, EA only gets shit. I've heard it for like freaking Michael transactions and like their business yeah. and shit like that. But I think they've been uh pretty good as far as inclusivity goes.
1: Well, it's funny after this announcement of Dead Space, um, I just saw an article pop on IGN like, is EA back in good graces, like promoting their podcast where I guess they discuss it or whatnot?
2: Oh my uh, god, fucking yeah. nice.
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, they have, I think they have kind of backed off on some of that stuff that they got criticism for with the um, microtransactions and all that all that kind of shit. I know, like, the big one was the Star Wars game they did, right? The Battlefield? Yeah. And uh, I yeah. think they did walk back some of the shit that they did, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: they did. Like, they did, but the thing is, is they shouldn't have been that way to begin with. True, you know? and then true. Uh, EA has a history of just um shuttling companies, shuttering companies that uh they buy them and then if they don't turn the profit that they expect them to do, they'll just freaking shutter them and freaking absorb their teams into like other parts of the company. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that they do that I really don't fucking like. And then I don't know. EA just hasn't made anything interesting to me in like a long fucking time. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that it really made me kind of apprehensive about this new dead space. Mm-hmm. You know, besides the fact that uh in the article you sent me, it what was I think I could put a sec you said there was a part where they said, uh
1: They're trying to basically say all the right things. Well, I think they got one of the original yeah uh one of the people who originally worked on the game i thought it was the the creative director but i think you said it was more like an artist
2: that they got yeah 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 i got it right here the text where we were talking about it uh
0: mm-hmm.
2: one of the things they said the team has been very respectful of the franchise tropes while finding ways to innovate and in surprise ea has promised to that the remake will be will also include some extras including an improved story characters gameplay mechanics and more See, that's what – and the, the guy, the consultant that they had wasn't like a creative director or anything. He was the UI designer on one and two. He was the lead UI designer. He's the So he was responsible for making the interface.
1: Ah, uh, okay,
0: okay.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what he was doing. It's, so that's what I was telling you. It's not like – I'm kind of apprehensive about it still because it's not like with Bluepoint when they did uh, – demon souls because for one blue point is a much more trusted studio they've kind of proven themselves now with the with these remakes because i think there was another one that they did because they even made
1: some deviations and minor changes to demon souls but it was loudly like i think everyone can say that that was accepted like it was fine like nobody i think really felt like oh you broke the game changing it it's not the same demon souls i think a lot of people welcomed some of the smaller changes. I think the only gripe I heard about Blue Point with the Demon Souls is some of the artwork, um, like in the faces of certain characters and such, were changed up a bit from its original. And some people griped about that, but it was a very small complaint, I feel. Yeah, see,
2: that, that's that's a negligible thing, right? I, know, but I don't think nobody's going to uh, spare us a game over that. But. One of the I think one of the reasons the Demon Souls came out is because Bluepoint was working with Miyazaki, they the, with the director, like that's that's Dark Souls yeah. and Demon Souls is all as Miyazaki's baby. So the fact that they had him himself kind of saying, Hey, we did this or we did that, is that, would that be in keeping with the game? And he kind of gave his approval on a lot of things from what I've heard, so that's why that came out so well. I think not to kind of take away from what Bluepoint did because they did a, they've done a great job, but they were working closely with him. This, on the other hand. They got the guy with this elite ui designer so i don't know how much input he could have on like the way the game feels like as far as like Mm. uh game direction and shit i don't know yeah yeah. but it's not as it's not like having the director or the creator of the series back right or like having visceral themselves kind of back and coming in so i don't know i I don't want to hate on the game but i'm i'm apprehensive about it i I want it to be good but I
1: I can feel that. That's respectable. Um, yeah, we'll see. But back to the point at hand. We know when I, when we got to this tangent because talking about how EA's kinda coming to good graces, while well, we have other companies, like one of the biggest ones, Blizzard Activision, now in a lawsuit against California and one of the the things they the company cited about the lawsuit was the fact that apparently there were people from the state, uh whatever organization that's state run that Um, checks on big business and, like, I guess there's, like, an OSHA thing, but for, like, uh, the employee workspace or something like that. Like, OSHA's more for, like, safety stuff. I'm assuming it's something like that. There was an acronym, a couple letters they had that were, like, stand for whatever. I don't know. It's in California. And, you know, different states do their, you know, the way businesses run and how the government interacts with it differently. But apparently there were, you know, constant checks where um, they had people from the state come in, check out, you know, the workplace and all this stuff. And according to what Activision Blizzard is saying, they're saying, like, they never got told anything. Like, they 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 didn't say anything, like, this is bad or it needs to change. There was no sit-down, no conversation. And, like, apparently in the lawsuit, they cited an employee that killed themselves I'm not sure he she or or who but killed themselves and uh, this the state is allegating that it was due to this culture and workplace the company I believe came with a statement saying that shame on California for for bringing this in this because I think their stance is it didn't have something to do with the workplace so I don't know, but it's it's pretty serious when you are bringing in people's, you know, committing suicide and and trying to use that and and to you know, you did this and this is why this happened. You know, it, it's it's a pretty serious stance. So, um, okay, the yeah. the company's kind of pushing back against it, saying that you know, it's basically almost like a witch hunt type deal. Which I mean. In California, it's a very liberal, progressive place, and I would say, you know, I I really can't say, because I don't live there. I don't know. All you know is what you hear. But it does seem to be that that side of things, on that political sphere, tend to, like, jump headfirst into the, you know, believe women and, and all this kind of stuff, which like should I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't believe women but if you're dealing with something in a court of law you should actually get all the facts first and then make a decision based on facts not just what he or she said but if somebody is saying something you need to look into it and you should believe what somebody's saying until you find evidence otherwise uh, I think with okay. law I think with law it needs to be like a like almost done like science right science you're supposed to test ideas and prove them because people's lives are on the line, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I'm
2: looking at the I'm looking at an article here for the uh, on Bloomberg Law that says has some of the allegations that yeah. the, that Blizzard is coming. And from what I'm reading, if this is true, this is some serious shit that they're talking about uh, here. It says a uh, fast. They're accusing him of fostering a frat boy culture in which female employees are subjected to consul sexual harassment, unequal pay, and retaliation, according to a lawsuit filed. By the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, a two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. Uh, According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Superior Court, female employees make up around 20% of the Activision workforce and are subjected to a pervasive frat boy workplace culture, including uh, cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl through their their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in appropriate behavior towards female employees. Yeah. so if they're getting fucking drunk and they're trying to have fucking frat parties, and this is the state agency. So this is the this is the uh, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. So this is... They're the ones who investigated this, and they're safe. So yeah. I would think that they have a lot of evidence to back this up. I they would say they'd paper. have to.
1: Like, I, I can't imagine them being that reckless to, like, make a political posturing behind something serious like this. Because I think... I think, of course, you see both sides when people react. And, and I've seen a comment or two kind of going against California. Like they're, um, everybody's leaving in droves from that state because of how bad shit has been and been run and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're saying that it's a mad grab for money. So I've heard comments. Now, of course, random comments from random people. But the point I'm making is that it just seems to be there is a narrative looking in a different direction. I would imagine, though, if you're going to bring this to court, that you're not just operating that way. Like, I, I don't I would think you have to have some
2: some pretty hard evidence. I mean this just this isn't just like a twitter movement or something like that this isn't twitter justice they're talking about actual court of law shit well, and it's a state agency. twitter so, yeah. stuff
1: those is sometimes about actual justice like it's like yeah. some it's like You know, the whole thing with anything from like Cosby and shit like that. That was a huge push that got a lot of steam from a stand up. Well, I'm not saying it can't
2: be, but I know know. it's like people getting canceled on Twitter and shit. I'm talking over stupid shit. Like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like serious issues or like the Me Too movement or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty huge
1: and it's one of the biggest companies in gaming. I would say maybe the biggest. I think the only company that might rival Activision Blizzard is maybe Epic with Fortnite.
0: Right. But, um, and I'm not even sure who's
1: bigger out of them two. You know, EA is pretty big as well, but honestly, I don't think they have franchises that are dumping money into them like, um, Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty is definitely one of the biggest franchises behind, like, it used to be in front. I would say now maybe more behind Fortnite. But Epic, all they really got is Fortnite. But Activision is, you know, puts out a lot of stuff. Fuck, we got, um, uh, I mean,
2: Fortnite definitely uh, boosted Epic up into the triple A ranks and everything. Uh, they have their Epic store now, and they've got a lot of good shit on there. But,
0: true, as far true. as
2: I know, of their, their first party games, uh, I know they got under the tournament, uh, they got Fortnite. Um, oh, I don't really know too many else, but yeah, that's the games. point I was, I was making. There's like, a couple, I think yeah. they also yeah. did
1: the Gears of War stuff too, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Right, yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, so I mean, um suffice suffice to say that I think this like depending on how this lawsuit goes down, it can drastically change one of the biggest companies in gaming, so I think it's uh it was something big to kind of just bring up in here, uh, especially we're doing more of a section where we talk a little bit of new stuff uh, in the beginning. I just thought I'd bring that up and then and then of course we did sidetrack I think we did touch on the um dead dead space, which I think you wanted to kind of discuss a little bit so yeah. um. Well, I think we did cover a, a bit on that as well, but yeah, I'm surprised you didn't hear about the, that. That was pretty big as far as like in the gaming sphere. So you've been kind of radio dark, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. I've I've kind of had my head down this week. I haven't done much gaming or anything. Like I told yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's all good.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, I will say this though. I think one of the most pointless gestures I've heard, and, and maybe I'm being callous and uh, wrong, but there was a there was a sit sit in where people logged on to World of Warcraft and just had their characters and just sat down, like as a protest for for this move for this. What what sense does that make to like I like I, I think I text somebody that I felt like that's like going to Starbucks, buying a coffee and then standing outside in protest of Starbucks while you sip your latte. Uh,
2: kind of, yeah. I could kind of, can kind of see what people you, wanted, why why they did it. But I can kind of see what you're talking about too. Like,
1: if you really want to protest a company, cancel your subscription.
2: Yeah, like that would have been the, that would have been the move, right? Like, if you're really disgusted with this company, you you cancel your subscription. You can send them like uh, uh other you can spots. still play
1: the games that you own, but right. cancel the subscription you're paying money to. Make them come out and work to get your money back. right? But I mean, like, that's the thing about gaming. Gamers, for sure, they just can't, like, and it's always been the contradiction I've seen where they'll come out and there's talks of, like, wanting to boycott this or, like, I think there was a talk a while back about wanting to boycott Borderlands 3. And, of course, the game came out. Everybody plays it, reviews it, did well, because I think there was a lot of, like, rumors and and things about Randy Pitchford uh which I think is one of the studio heads there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Some uh, there were there were some harassment allegations with him yep. too from what I remember. Yeah. Yep. But they they yep. were eventually I feel like they were unsubstantiated. They yeah. but about. there was uh
1: there was a lot of damning evidence I think on him, but at the same time, yeah, there was nothing that was not enough to really make the statement. So I I don't know. I'm not going to say either one on that but i'm saying though that like there's a lot of people who say one thing on twitter but then your money says another and when that happens like don't get mad when companies keep doing what they're doing
2: oh yeah 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 i mean you got to learn to vote with your dollars that's something that uh Mm a lot of a lot of the gamers and shit need to learn to do yeah well i mean uh, because it's a lot of that though is that
1: people just want to say the right thing and not do anything And, and that's a lot of i think what Twitch and not Twitch, I'm sorry, Twitter and um social media is. It's it's a lot of posturing, it's a lot of showing what you want to be, but when it comes down to what you're actually doing, it's a very different story. And not for everybody. There's some people who walk the walk and talk the talk, but a lot of people I think are that. So and I mean, I don't really stake my claim in any of it. I don't get attached with companies. Uh, my whole viewpoint on that is just a transactional, I give you money, there's a product I like. I really don't try to get too involved in the social aspects of what these companies are doing. You can find skeletons in everything, but at the end of the day, if they were to throw a fat paycheck your way to do something, you would sell your soul to the devil in a heartbeat. Not many people wouldn't. So I don't really want to hear any of the posturing or the you know, stance of like, I would never... Oh, I would never. You know, I, I was just making fun of this a uh, bit. And again, it might just be my callousness. I have maybe a harsher view on things, but, um, the bachelorette, my daughter's watching and it, my wife is like, you know, I, I don't think I would date any man that went on there. Just a bunch of dudes all fighting over one girl like that and putting it all on TV and they're being like all catty with each other and stuff. It, it's, you know, it's gross. And it's like, yeah, but like, I wonder how many of those dudes feel the same way too, but they're doing it because they get social media followings. You know, they get popular on there. And next thing you know, like my daughter was telling me that like one or two of the guys on there got verified like a week after it aired or something, like a couple of weeks after it aired, like they're verified on Instagram and there's value in that, <laughs> You know, it it just is. Yeah,
2: there's there's just definitely a game to be played there when it comes to, like, all this social media shit and being verified and being an influencer and everything. And a lot of them are very fake. I feel you're you're right about that. A lot of these influencers are just very fake and shallow people.
1: I wouldn't even just say influencers, too. I would say even just people. Might even be some people listening to us. I don't know. (laughs) You know? Like, I mean, just saying it how it is, like... uh, it it's it's just the truth of it and you know what it's everybody's guilty of it to some degree too like i mean i I've, i will say i've probably i've probably have done it i've probably had said something because i know it's the right thing to say and say and maybe i had intentions at the time of doing it and then i didn't you know like i think we're all guilty i'm poking poking at others but i'll poke at myself too like i mean i'm not the perfect person here i don't have all the answers so you know, at the end of it, this is gaming. This is video games, you know. And that's just what I look at it as. So I'll get what game I want to get. And I'm just like, I, I don't know if I can concern myself with how bad a company's run because, you know, you can say one thing about whatever video game company or whatever the game you want with one side, and then you say it with an iPhone, where in China they have, like, they're working the these people to death basically. They're just nets around buildings so that it helps stop the suicide as they jump out of the window. You know, that's actually a real thing. So, I mean what would I mean if you stop one of these things, right? Do not you stop everything then? Like you have to investigate every company that you go to now, right? So any company that has some shit You got to stop. Where does, where does it end? So I think I've heard some people say it like this, where um, you kind of got to pick and choose what you just can't, what you just feel uncomfortable with, you know?
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You got to choose what you can tolerate. You got to draw a line somewhere. You got to choose where your tolerance is.
1: Yeah. So, and you have your own reasons for your tolerances. And also too, like with something like uh, Activision Blizzard, these are allegations don't know if anything's fact. You know, don't know. So, if you want to keep supporting them, support them. You know, buy this shit, buy this shit. I mean, like, those women who are getting hurt or getting like, you know, whatever, like, uh, at the end of it, they still work there. And if you stop paying them, they might not have a job. <laughs> so, you, you You know what I'm saying? Like, if they get slammed with this lawsuit, and, like, will it change the company or will it downsize the company? How big will this lawsuit be? How bad will it hurt the bottom line? That's the other question. Like, these companies aren't infinite money companies. Not all these companies print money, and even if they do, like, make a lot of revenue, a lot of times there's a lot of cost involved with that, too. And depending on how big this lawsuit is, which I imagine it has got to be big, Right? Will it destroy the company? It could, if there's like serious allegations about like the misconduct or like even driving someone to suicide. I would imagine it could probably get people fired or even maybe some jail time, depending
2: on how bad some of the stuff is
1: that's, that's
2: coming out. I mean, this is some serious shit from what I was looking at in the article, from what they were saying. They even talk about that the lady who said that she took a life because one of her bosses, they went on a, it was a company retreat and they would, one of her bosses kept like harassing her and shit. Mm-hmm. And she ended up taking her life over. But I think I remember hearing about that story.
1: They recite that story. And that was some of the things they said in that. And one of the articles I've read on it as well, that she went on a, yeah. some kind of like a trip, company trip of some sorts. And apparently there was like advancements made or something that, that causes poor woman. That's the claim. I think Activision is trying to say something different about that, so
2: I don't know. Well, of course, Activision is going to – they're going to come up and they're going to try to play damage control. They're going to try to downplay it while the the attorney general – They're not know, exactly downplaying it. They, they're, they're,
1: they're actually not downplaying it, I would say, as much as like almost posturing on it, right? Like saying, like, how right. could you – this didn't have something to do with that. This woman took her life, and you're using it as a as a point to like get money out of us. This is despicable. Because they made a statement. They made actually right. made a public that's, statement.
2: About that's like it. that's another play out of their playbook, right? It's just another it's another one of the uh, plays out of the company playbook. So that's what I said. It's going to get hashed out in court, one way or the other. the 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 lost the attorneys and all they're gonna they're gonna try to play it up. The company's going to try to play it down or circumvent it. And we're going to have to just see how it comes out in court. Because either uh, way, I'm something's going to end up happening over this. I feel like this not a, I feel like something ends up, gonna, is end up going to changing over this. So one way or another, because this feels like it's too big for everything just to kind of go back to the way it was.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Unless the truth of the matter is, is not as bad as that. And they win. The they You know, they're able to fend off the lawsuit from California. And honestly, this is the other thing, too. This is the other thing that I thought about as well. This has got to be a bold move for California to do. That's why it makes me think that there's got to be some serious evidence. Because they've already driven enough businesses out of that state. Right? Like I've heard, there's a bunch of Walgreens and stuff, like a bunch of like stores like that shutting down, because they implemented a new law where it's not uh, it's basically from my understanding, please I could be corrected or look it up. They've kind of downsized the crime to where you could steal up to like a thousand dollars and not have any jail time or something like that. So, oh yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. It, Walmart does something like that. Like they do it, they do it on purpose. They they will record you and they will wait to let you steal so much so that when they prosecute you, they can prosecute you for the maximum amount possible. And they'll keep records yeah. of everything that you steal.
1: Yeah. So, well I, this well the, the state is actually not like doing anything about crimes under that amount. So there's right. I've heard stories of people going into some stores and just stealing a bunch of shit and as long as the dollar amount is low enough, they walk out and nothing happens.
2: Oh, okay, and so it's so, causing
1: the, stores to have to shut their doors,
2: so okay, like so there
1: there's been businesses moving out of California. there's been famous like you know like comedians, actors, and stuff like in the podcasts I listen to, there's been a mass exodus out of California with a lot of things, and doing a lawsuit in one of the biggest gaming companies that probably employs a lot of people for the state, which is a lot of jobs, a lot of people spending money in your state, you know supposedly a lot of taxes being paid. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But at least by the workers for sure. So, I mean, that's a lot. Like, if I got accused of something like this, you better believe that my company's not in your state anymore. Like, simple. Even if I win or lose, I'm going to move. So now that's going to cause all these people to probably lose their job or have to move to keep the job. Because would you stay in a state that accused you of something like
2: this and try to sue you behind it? Do you still stay? Right. That's. The, I mean, as a as a company, it would seem like I don't know. It just seemed like it would be the move, right? Like, yeah. To 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 try to pick up and move somebody else. Yeah. Right. I would imagine so. I mean, if as I, even if. But then this is so high profile. Like this is nationally like profiled, right? So like even somebody if you move somebody else, that stigma is going to come with you, especially if you lose. Well, see, the, you it, it, lose, it depends, gonna,
1: right? If you if you win, all right, and the state doesn't. I mean you can easily go to a state Look, Come on bro The way that the country split right now Just go to Texas Oh those damn liberals over there Yeah they was trying to tell you all that bullshit We're glad to have you here You're gonna have jobs done Bruh Promise you 100% They will find somewhere else Who would not give a fuck about those allegations Right. Unless there's some damning evidence that comes out about it. But even still, this is the other thing, too. Right. Even still. Right. Even if it does, you fire all the people involved. You hire new people. You put your business in a different state that probably will tax you less as well. So it'd be cheaper for you to do it. You put it in a different state. You set up there, new employees and stuff. Right. But you still got the heads, the people at the top particularly, probably aren't going to really change. And you just start anew from there. Like, okay, those people did it, but we're not. And we can have a better relationship with a state that will, like, give us more of a warning than just blindside us with a lawsuit. Because according to what they're saying, they're saying they were blindsided with the lawsuit. So I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they stay. Maybe they ride it out because there's too much invested in that state right now. So that could be the case, too. So I could be talking out my ass. I don't know. I'm just saying if I knew if I ran something and my employees were fucking up and they blindsided me with the lawsuit behind it. OK, especially if I feel like I'm not in the wrong. Right. Especially if it's like, no, there's one or two bad apples in whatever. Like, I don't know. Or or if this is out being overblown for what it is. I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is serious. I think there's probably a pretty bad culture. Like, I can't imagine the state going this far. Because I think they have more to lose than what the company does.
2: Right, yeah.
1: Because those I think the company like that with the jobs it provides and everything is pretty valuable to the state. A relationship with a company like that I think is pretty valuable in the tech market. Like, And with the way people are leaving out this state, I think it would probably be valuable to not have that happen, right? So like, I don't know. It's It's gonna be... It's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out, but it's uh I don't know it's just crazy.
2: So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely it's insane, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I'd talk about it at the top. I think. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say on it before we move to a different story?
2: No, I think we've got, we've kind of covered it. Just about as well as we can,
1: yeah, as well as we can. again, we're not inside of any circles in gaming industry at all,'re only just reading on the outside of what we see printed on the fucking computer, so I mean, we don't know anything about that. I'm trying to speak around it and not point fingers at anybody because I don't know, so i'm not I'm not gonna try and just side with one side or the other, although I do find it hard to believe the state would do that without serious evidence. So I would have to imagine some fuck shits happening in Activation Blizzard. So anyway, um, on a lighter note, I think this is pretty interesting. Uh, Insomniac, Ratchet & Clank shed the conventional wisdom that games need to be difficult
2: is okay. that the conventional wisdom though
1: i don't think so i don't know again this is an ign article so they you know they do what they do so fucking, in an interview with, IGN. In an you interv- should
2: just just have that drop Fucking IGN. yeah they're no,
1: right in an interview with axis axios ripped apart game director mike delay explained that the team's thinking on difficulty had changed and the studio no longer felt the need to design games that were satisfying as a result of difficulty We have to sort of shed this conventional wisdom that games kind of need to be a hard ass for you to get satisfaction out of it. We no longer think about it like what will make the most elite players feel good about themselves and more like what will enable everybody to have the experience they wanted to have. Uh, So that's the most important thing to them. So let me do this. I'm gonna pause because my dogs are acting up and I'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Um, but anyways, we left off talking about the article with Insomniac, about them talking about how games don't need to be as hard to get satisfaction out of them. And so I just thought I'd bring this up. We've had conversations about difficulty in games multiple times, so I thought this would be a good one to bring up. Um, what are your thoughts on top about the what I just said, about the statement there about how, you know, we don't need difficulty to find satisfaction out of games?
2: Well, uh, I know me and you like playing hard games. It's like our preference, and that's the key word, preference, which is why I thought, like, they're saying it's the conventional webism that games need to be hard in order to be satisfying, which I thought it was always kind of the opposite. Like, it's a a preference, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's the most confusing part about that to me is that they they feel like that uh, more people feel like hard games are more satisfying, which – I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like we're in the minority, that most people probably don't like hard games. I think, okay,
1: all right. I think hard games are more satisfied, period, okay? And the reason why I think that is not because I want to pat myself on the back or like, oh, yeah, because I'm a man, I play hard games, but anything in life, if you do something difficult and you accomplish accomplish it, it, there's a very satisfying feeling that you get. So, and it could be from something as simple as a hard difficulty in a game that you accomplish and beat, to like you know you did twenty push-ups to, I built my own business, right? There's a number of different levels and tiers of of this kind of like. Uh, feeling you get of accomplishing something. I think we as humans, as humanity, we enjoy accomplishing things, doing things like doing something, right? And to do that, you need a challenge, right? And the harder the challenge, when you accomplish it, it, the better you feel. That's my personal opinion, okay? I'm curious to hear anybody who has a different opinion, because I don't know too many people who just in who get satisfaction out of doing nothing. Like I, I, you can feel good doing nothing, but you can't deny the feeling of like, damn, I did this thing. It was super hard, but I did it. So, um, so I would say, you know, in that instance. Playing difficult games is always going to feed that human like instinct, that nature, right, of like wanting to do something hard or wanting to challenge, like overcome a challenge. And so, I think difficult games are definitely more satisfying. Period. I think they, I think they have the ability to be an easy game can be satisfying to play though, right? Like a game that you just blow through, you can have a good time with it, right? But I think you're also going to have that feeling like it was too easy. Like you just didn't have anything that challenged. You don't need the grueling, like, you know, hard mode challenge that sometimes like we put ourselves through. Right. I'm not saying that, but if you've got a game that's so easy that there is no real pushback to it, like, I think people still play it. People still enjoy it. And if that's the viewpoint that you have and you want to take like, Hey, kudos like i'm not i'm not disparaging that but i would say there is just something there's there's a reason why there's like reddit posts and everything of people like i actually completed this on hard mode and like sharing their accomplishment you know what i'm saying
2: yeah yeah i totally get what you're saying that's what i was saying i think it's it's largely that's right like you're right that there are a lot of people who um you get a sense of accomplishment you can from beating hard games but there are a ton of people out there who just no matter how hard of a game they beat they're never going to feel accomplished doing it because to them it's not real it's just not real they would rather go out and accomplish something in real life that's hard and then get a sense of accomplishment to that and then games for them are just oh hey this is just a break It's, 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 it's something I do that I don't have to think about or struggle with because my struggle is out there in the real world. And I think that's just as valid, right? So that's what I was saying. I think it's largely a preference. Okay. I can see so, that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I see what you mean. But I guess you're playing different games. So and you're But if you're talking to gamers, I don't know if that still holds water. Because gamers are playing all different types of games. And I think that I think what you're talking about is just somebody who's like I guess technically they're a gamer. They're playing games. But well, that's I guess the key, right? Because
2: the word gamer doesn't specifically mean somebody who's like also like a nerd. And true, like, true. You know, so there's a lot of people who go to the gym and they're still freaking gamers. There's people who, like you said, they do hard things that and like like to accomplish things in life. And they 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 play video games just as a pastime. And they don't want they don't really want them to be hard. They don't want to have to spend time grinding on something in order to get past it. Right. Mm-hmm. So although that's why I said I think it's it's different from when um, I guess kind of back in the day when we were like we used to play games and we'd all kind of go to our friends in the schoolyard and be like oh yeah we gotta beat this guy in the hard game and like all the kids would be impressed and I think it kind of comes from that. Right. And we well, kind of carry that over. and it goes-
1: Yeah. There, there's kind of a gatekeeping nature to some like communities in the gaming sphere too about like you know certain ways that you play games, and if you can't beat it like this, like what
2: are you? You know, kind of, kind of thing like that, right? You it's know. like a um. Prob- I don't know. You probably don't know who I'm talking about, but one of the Cinemassacre guys. I've talked to you before about the Cinemassacre podcast and um their their YouTube channel. But one of the guys on there, Mike Mattei, he's like a huge. Retro gamer, and he came out kind of. He kind of tweeted out uh, if you've ever beaten a retro game using save states on an emulator, well, then you haven't really beaten it.
0: Yeah. A lot of people,
2: a lot of people got angry at him about it.
0: Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. Because they were like, uh, using save states is like, like, um, some people don't have time to, to kind of get the grind through them or maybe that it's just not that big of an investment to them or that important or, you know, whatever. They gave, they gave like a variety of reasons, right? And a lot of people, like it's just different. A lot of people got angry at them about that. But I think any retro gamer, anybody that plays games like that and were used to playing games kind of that way would agree with them, mm. I think. Typically I would agree with it. Yeah,
1: because it's not it's it's kind of that whole argument about if it's the actual experience, right? So right. if you're using save states in a game that didn't have those save states when it started, when it came out. When 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 it initially came out and when people played it initially, you're playing a different version of the game. So technically speaking, I can understand his statement and I would I would kinda of agree with it to a point. Right. It becomes it becomes that question we've had before of like what role does saving have in difficulty? Because in some uh, like hard games, part of like creating that hard difficulty is affecting your saving the way that you save. Yeah, that's that's part of it. But some of them, they just crank up other facets of the game and you can save however much you want. It doesn't really matter.
0: Right,
2: it's like a good exa- a good example is like Ghosts and Goblins. I think a lot of people have never beaten Ghosts and Goblins the way it was intended to be beaten. Just kind of, you got to play through the game twice, just straight through. You want to get like a limited amount of continues, and then when you get game over, it's game over. You got to start back from the beginning. Right. So, I think Ghosts and Goblins is on the um the Switch online thing, the Nintendo, the Switch online thing. And I think a lot of people have been playing it and beating it using save states and like the rewind feature. So it's like, when you beat, if you beat Ghosts and Goblins on the Switch using all of that, did you actually beat Ghosts and Goblins or did you beat like a different version of Ghosts and Goblins? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see the point. I
1: I would, I would kind of agree. Like, because I had an issue with doing that kind of stuff in some of the Mega Man games. Because the Mega Man re releases did the same thing where you can, uh, save and um, rewind and all that kind of shit in the game. And like when I was playing with my son, I went ahead did some of the rewind stuff or whatever, because like, I'm just playing with my kid. Like if he wants to kind of go back or whatever, like I'm not going to be like, you can't do that. You know, we're just having fun. But when I did my like playthrough of it, I didn't want to do that. If I died, I started from the beginning again and went through the level. Now you could save after beating each boss because back in the day you would get passwords to use to get back to where you were at. That was yeah. part of the game. So I would. So instead, I just saved instead of writing down because that that's stupid. Like, right.
2: Password systems were, were kind of dumb. Yeah, but yeah. I kind of understand why they had them. It's because in order to have saves back then, you needed a battery cartridge, and they were a little more expensive to uh, to produce. Mm-hmm. So I guess they would use passwords instead
1: yeah yeah so I mean that I don't think is a big deal that if I'm using the save instead of a password, yeah like that's just like it'd be stupid well, I might use a password, but uh if I were to save in the middle of shit so that like I keep dying and redoing this part and just making it easier for me to get through it, you know it's a it's a it's a strange argument, I don't know there's a i can I can understand the argument, but at the same time, technically, they did beat it. Like, they got through it. They kept dying at a part, so they saved to keep replaying the same part over and over again. But technically, if you die so many times, you should start back from the beginning. So, I
2: don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. My, My
2: personal opinion on that whole subject is, like, if you roll credits at the end of a game, you beat it, right? And I kind of got this attitude by watching, like, the Kaizo community. When I started watching the Kaizo community, like, back in, like, 2015, Twitch, when um, Kaizo really kind of started blowing up. A lot of those games, you're not going to beat them the first time, just playing normal. Because you got to learn how to do, like, a lot of different shit, a lot of different Kaizo techniques, like, Kaizo stuff. It's almost intended that if you, for the first time, you beat those games until you get actually good enough at, like, playing Kaizo games and, like, Kaizo Mario that you're going to end up using save states, right? And a lot of Kaizo players, like, they're really good ones. If you come up and you say, hey, I just beat, you know, uh, Grand Poot World or, you know, Kaizo World 3 or whatever, but I use, like, save states and shit, they're not going to ever disparage you for it. They're going to be like, oh, that's awesome. That's great, you know? yeah. If you want to level up, the next thing you can do is try beating it without save states or try beating it with, like, less save states or, or whatever. But even if you don't, they're still not going to, uh ever disparage you for it because just beating those yeah. games is an accomplishment I feel like. Hmm. So that's kind of the attitude I've taken with. Same thing with Ghosts and Goblins, right? Like if you beat Ghosts and Goblins, like Ghosts and Goblins is a hard ass game. I don't think most people, especially most kids, but never beat it just all the way through without ever like saving or using save states or anything. It's like, it's you would have to play that game so many times mm. to, to do that. You would have to dedicate like I don't know how long. Are you telling
1: that. me that I have to play this game now? Is you that do. What's gonna have to happen? But
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you, do. you. You have to do it. I've done it. I beat Ghosts and Goblins without any save states. Mm. I beat Super Ghosts and Goblins too without any save states. Mm. It's hard as hell, yeah. and it's it's annoying as fuck. But you're gonna <laughs> okay. see what I'm talking about. You have to do it. It's a, They're mm-hmm. both on the Switch. So if you want to play them on Switch without using any save states, yeah, that's a great yeah, yeah. way for you to access it. I just can't um, stream
1: off of it yet. I, I don't have the equipment to do that. That's what I'd like to do.
2: Right. Is uh, it on Xbox? I think is, isn't it? Is Ghouls and Goblins a rare game? Is it a rare game? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a fairly common
1: game. It's a fairly popular game. No, not yeah. rare game. I mean, like, rare the company game.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I think it is Capcom. It's a Capcom game. Yeah. Capcom. Because Arthur's. Yes, cause Arthur, Arthur. Arthur is in. Uh, what Marvel am I thinking Capcom? of that
1: Rare did? It was on the Rare Replay, and there was a game that was something with, like, Goblins and stuff, but it's not that. You're right, though. A game with Arthur is a Capcom thing, it's different. I'm thinking of something else that's on Rare. It's something different. It wasn't for the NES. I think it was a little later. I think it might have been N64, maybe. Or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All right, but yeah, with Arthur, <laughs> I got you. So, yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to give it a playthrough. Um, I don't know. They might have an old arcade thing on the PlayStation Four that uh, I could get on my PS Five that might have that game
2: in with like a old oh, classic Capcom games type deal. I don't know if the re- I don't know if the new remake that they just made came out has the classic games in it or not. But I know that's on everything. You might. Mm-hmm. You might be able to find it, like you said, too, and it's some kind of uh, Capcom collection.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm going to take a look around and see what I can find on that. But okay. But anyways, uh, I think that kind of covers it on that topic there about the difficulty. I know we've talked before about uh, difficulty in games and stuff like that, so I thought it would be interesting as it's come up again about making games easy. Like, honestly. I think it's a dead horse at this
2: point. Like, the the, articles and, like, they bring it up. And I feel like if they bring that shit up anymore, it's like, oh, man, it's slow. Well, they're always, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, they're going to bring it up all the time whenever you put a game out that has, like, a difficulty that can't be changed, you know? Like, uh, Like a Sekiro or like Cuphead. Those were games that people were super upset about because, like, oh, I can't. I can't beat the game. It's too hard. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, another one was actually also, um, the one I just did, um, fucking, why am I space? Returnal. Yeah. There were some people yeah. upset with that one as well. they were um, saying
2: that the runs were too long. And I was telling you that like, yeah. from what I, you know, I haven't played a game cause I'm on PS5. Just from me looking at it I could tell The game is like, like They're exaggerating Nah
1: I'm, I'm gonna get into it later Yeah uh, So yeah But uh, I'm gonna have to pause again To let my dogs back in I'll be back in just a second Alright back again Sorry about that But uh, enough on hard games And things being too hard Or too easy uh, I think Let me see The last one I had oh, I actually have two more I have this one, and I had I had a look at twenty, but you know what? I might save that. I'm gonna save. I had the um, because I think we went a little longer than what I was thinking we'd do on this. So I'm um, we're gonna go jump to the topic after this one. I think um, I had the ESA's 2020 data on gaming for the year of 2020. I don't know if we went over that, so I thought it'd be fun to do. But I yeah, think we, we could
2: we- play the little game that we did with it, like we did before, huh?
1: Yeah, I'll try and do that. I think we have a guest that should be coming on next time. Uh, I was talking to James, and uh, we're going to try and do one with him, but we're going to have to do another um, night record. I think like a Tuesday night around this time might be it, because um, when he's available. So he's, yep. a, he's a Wasteland Batman. If you don't know, that's his Twitch name you can find him on twitch he's got a pretty decent following he's you know been kind of in fact i think he just got like a co uh he's a what how do they term it an ambassador i guess for uh some company i can't think of the name of it right now but they do like beard uh grooming things
2: oh okay so, yeah, yeah 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 so he's, a sp- sponsorship it's like it's like a he's like an ambassador I yeah, mean, I think if you use the code, thing. let me see if I could look it up for him. Just to give him, he's got a like point. a link or a code that people use, and when people use his link, he gets revenue off of it. And yeah, the code yeah. is
1: bat. So that's it. He's been sharing. I think he just shared something recently about it. I'm gonna see if I can't pull it up. I'm trying to think of what it is. I think it's shit. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Uh, where are you at, buddy? Did you share it recently? I'm trying to give you a shout-out. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Mad Viking Beard Company. Mad Viking Beard Co. products. So that's what he does. Promo code BAT. Mad Viking Beard Co. Ambassadors is what the term is for him. So uh, you use the code BAT and you make them beards look super nice. I'm doing a commercial, not getting paid for, so, (laughs) for him, but he's a good guy. I haven't had too many conversations with him. I've talked to him here and there. I've watched some of his streams and, uh, you know, some more passing talk. I think he listens, actually, to the podcast. So, if you're listening to this, shout out, man. Um, I hope to do the episode with you soon. Uh, We're definitely
2: going to try and have him on the gaming stuff, so, and, uh, um, yeah, I'd like to have him on. Yeah. Uh, he's come around my streams too sometimes, and he's like, watch me play different stuff. He seems he's, he's like a really cool dude. Some of the interactions I've had with him, I'd like to have yeah. him on, get to know him a little better. Yeah, for sure. So,
1: I'm trying to set that up. So, hopefully, next recording we do, will actually be with him. So, uh, on to the topic. I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. Cool. Um, games that what happened to the sequel? I guess games that should have got sequels, games that shouldn't have got sequels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're going to get into a bit of that. Um, I'm going to let you start, Kev, since I just... Yeah, I was about to say that, because I think
2: I can start us off with uh, two hot takes that I have. Okay, cool. Go for it, buddy. All right. right. Uh, First hot take that I have is a game... Well, I'm going to start us off. They're both games that I think shouldn't have had a got a sequel, right? Mm -hmm. And the first one is Final Fantasy VII never ever ever should have got a sequel the original game Mm -hmm. was fine just like it was final fantasy games when uh saikaguchi was in charge of them they were meant to never have sequels he wrote them so they they didn't have they they weren't supposed to have sequels
1: yeah everybody died at the end of final fantasy 7
2: yeah literally the whole human population was extinct
0: That's how yeah, ended exactly. The,
2: game. the The games were supposed to be fine. They're like, and it takes away from the charm of the game. The fact that um, I don't actually know who the who's in charge of Final Fantasy now. I actually forget his name. Uh, but Namura, <gasps> is it Namura? I think it, it's I think Nomura. it's the same guy that does Kingdom Hearts. Is it? Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, it's him, Namura. Then he's the one who's doing Final Fantasy. I know he's doing the remakes. I know he's involved with the remakes. Uh, but I don't think he's, like, doing it alone. I think he's doing it with someone else. But he also was the one who did the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, you started getting all of these huge spinoffs with freaking Final Fantasy and, like, sequels out the ass. Ever since 10-2 came out. And then you started getting uh freaking Advent Children, which I fucking hated Advent Children. It's such a shitty movie. Nothing in it makes sense. And then you have Dirge of Cerberus. It's like... Oh, my God. Like The only good thing to come out of the sequels of Final Fantasy and all this timeline chronologically confused bullshit that they're trying to do, just like they did with Kingdom Hearts, would be Crisis Core, right? Because that's a prequel, and it kind of goes into Zack and Cloud's backstory a bit, and it's decent. It doesn't really change the original story that much, right? Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, even the remakes, even though the remakes are great games, they're, they, they're fun to play, even though I'm not really entirely sure, I like where the plot is going. I have to, The verdict's still out on that. I want to wait until I get to see the the next game and play Um Yuffie's DLC. I have to to see what the rest of the rest of the story is about before yeah. I actually make a verdict on it. I feel like, um, uh, but I feel like he still didn't need them. Like this whole alternate timeline shit that they're going into, like it just takes away from the original game the charm of the original game so i just like i don't like it i was i've never been a fan of final fantasy having sequels but but um the second game i'll just move on to the second game that i think never should have had a sequel right and i gotta i I think i'm gonna have to explain this one a little bit uh about exactly what i mean and that's Metagross solid three big boss's story could have ended with three we didn't need any more about it I mean, Peace Walker is a great game. I've told you how much I like Peace Walker. Portal, o- Portal Ops is an okay game, too. Five can go fuck itself. You... <laughs> but, yeah, it's not It's not even a Metal Gear game, in my opinion. Like, Five is not even Metal Gear. But the story of Three is all we really needed for Big Boss. Like, when at the end of Three, you can see exactly why Boss would say, hey, fuck uh, Foxhound and everything. And why he would betray Zero and all that shit. And why he would do what he would do. Right? He did what he did. Right? Like, we didn't really need any more about it. And I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think 3 needed a, 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 a sequel?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. Uh, it's funny when you really think about it. There's only one game. No. So, there's the one game, Solid Metal Gear Solid 1, you play with Solid Snake. Then you really don't play with him again till four. And they basically make him an old man. <laughs> you know, because two is riding with a little bit of Solid Snake. Three right, is. Not,
2: not counting the MSX games. You're yeah, just, not we,
1: counting the MSX games. Yeah. I'm counting more when it restarted. They didn't really restart. There's a sequel. It's a sequel, but. Um yeah, I could see that. I think they went down to the big boss well a little too much, especially when you started the whole series with Metal Gear as him being a villain. Yes. I don't know what the fascination was with like and I don't know if it's a Kojima thing, and I know 5 kind of I, I think Kojima wanted to
2: make him like this tragic villain kind of relatable character, which is fine. But I it's, feel like we really, really
1: need it. Well, you know, it's funny to want to do that, but when you look at him with at one, he's literally a mustache twirling villain. Like he's not. And again, there's the limitations of I think the MSX at the time and all that kind of stuff. You, it's a little harder. And like, and
2: Kojima himself was probably much younger and probably didn't have like all of the writing experience yeah. he has now.
1: Oh no, for sure. You know, but I mean, like when you look at Big Boss in one, it's just like. A lot of the dialogue with him is, "Oh, Snake, I forgot to tell you, this thing's about <laughs> to happen." Oh, Snake, yeah, I forgot to tell you this. And then all of a sudden, it is like Colonel Campbell in Metal Gear Solid Two, where he's just like, "You should turn the Xbox 360 off. You you're playing too much. You should just stop it." Like he's like trying to get you to stop the mission. Right. So he's like telling you stuff where he's literally breaking the fourth wall. And then at the end of it, he's like, I, I want to say he's literally like arms up in the air, like I am the boss, I am the ruler of this like outer heaven. Blah blah blah. Like it's just mustache twirling. I'm the man. And then like there's a fight with you and Big Boss. It is like strange.
2: <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? It's just since you got to remember five reveals that that wasn't actually Big Boss at all. That was Venom Snake the whole time. That was fucking yeah, venomous. I
1: honestly, dude, I don't even remember because it was hard enough to follow the story of five. I played it. I think I beat it. I don't even remember. I got into like mission. I, I don't blame you.
2: The story is it's the plot is so fucking patchwork and bad.
1: Yeah, like and some of it too actually depends on you playing Peace Walker, which I didn't play at the time. I tried playing it a little bit, but I just hate the online like streaming video games through PlayStation. So. Yeah, uh, I haven't played through Peace Walker yet, but the lab did play around a little bit of it as I tried to stream it. Not stream it on Twitch, stream it with the PlayStation Now app, right? And um, it, it's it's a little hiccupy. It doesn't work the best. And um, I did see though that like I think Paz is in it. There's a few characters in it that the first time I seen them was in uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. And they like, oh so they actually kind of got introduced here in Peace Walker.
2: Yeah, the yeah Ground Zeroes is like the direct like continuation after Peace Walker, after the end of Peace Walker. It kind of it actually picks up kind of right after because if I'm remembering right, Paz at the end of Peace Walker is uh that's when kind of she gets caught if i remember. And you you're in um not to spoil too much because you if you play Ground Zeroes you kind of know this. Already.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I do because I played Ground Zeroes and I played um.
2: Yeah, that's like when she gets caught right no and then ground Zero picks up when snake finds her and like he's going to rescue her
1: but yeah okay but uh, I, I i can I could see that I could see not having the sequel to three but would you say you still wanted it four though right you just didn't yeah. want sequels to big Boss's line but you yeah wanted... I
2: did. we didn't need any more story about big boss that's what I'm saying yeah
1: yeah, yeah it, it would have been a nice big like...
2: story on the other hand has been written. I feel like it was written that way, right? Like, the, to to kind of get some sequels out of it, kind of. I feel like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was. There was always an open-endedness to it to keep it going, um, for sure. And I'm glad they did. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 is a fantastic game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 it definitely has people on the fence with it, but I'm on the side of, like, I love that game. Oh, yeah, um, that
2: game. Like, anybody who's, who's, like, a huge Metal Gear fan, I feel like, you should be able to see that that game. That game is just a love letter to fans. I yeah,
1: feel like. I loved four. Uh, big fan of that. Uh, and then one, of course, the classic, uh, which is the sequel to the the Metal Gear games. Which actually, Metal Gear One was was a nice nice game to go back. Like, I didn't go back to it. It's first time I played it, but it was a yeah. fun experience. I enjoyed it. So I I still need to go to Metal Gear Two. I do plan to do that. I started it up and played around a little bit with it, but um. You know, when I get into what we've been playing, I'll get more into what I've actually been playing. Um, So one of the games I did want to bring up on this is sequels that should have happened where you're at, shouldn't have happened. Well, I'll give you one that shouldn't have happened and I would go alongside with you because you already kind of mentioned it. I was at Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts should have just stopped at one. I yeah. think it was a weird enough story on its own. I think that if you, I think if you wanted to do sequels with Kingdom Hearts, you should have treated Kingdom Hearts like you treated the Final Fantasy series. Just completely different shit every time. But have it fuck around with the, you know, Disney worlds. You know? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Square used to be known as the company that didn't make sequels. I don't know if you remember that about them because of how hard you were into JRPGs. But back in the day, kind of before Kingdom Hearts in Final Fantasy X-2, they were known as the, the, the company. They didn't make sequels right every one of their stories is like their own contained stories even with like star ocean and all the other final fantasies and like just about every other like spinoff jrpg that they got they've only ever done one of and a lot of those i would like to have sequels of which i could actually talk about some of those some of those are on my list for games that should have gotten sequ- okay what well, would uh name one of them uh rogue galaxy great ps2 uh jrpg from square square enix um It had not only is it a great story, did a lot of great things. Uh, you basically play as like this hybrid group, you're turning around to different planets. Um, you like meeting different cast of characters and everything. It's been a while since I played it, so I'm just trying to. We can't, what i remember about the game mm-hmm. uh but the thing i remember the most about it is the crafting system right because like back like now we hear we see crafting systems all the time but back then especially in ps2 it was a new kind of thing that they were playing with and rogue galaxy had one of the most interesting and kind of expansive crafting systems that i had ever seen right so if i if you gotten if i had gotten a sequel to rogue galaxy on like ps3 when crafting systems were still kind of being tinkered a little bit, and you had a little bit more advanced technology, I think it would have been great. Like, I would have loved that, getting a sequel to that on, like, PS3. I think if I got a sequel to it now, I'm not sure how much it would stand out from every other game with, like, a JRPG with, like, a crafting system. Because I feel like crafting systems are pretty common now. Um, I feel like it would need something else to kind of help it stand out from the crowd, even though it's got a great plot and everything to it and it's got a lot of that classic kind of jrpg um gameplay i kind not remember if it was turn or if it was a uh, free battle i think it was free battle where you could roam around inside like the little battle arena because when you would run into like enemies and shit it would like transition you to like a little 3d kind of uh battle arena and i think you could just run around in it and, it, and you had like combos and shit that you can do so that's what I was saying. Like, I really would like to see it, Not mm. seen a sequel to it. Uh, I think everyone another... really played with that one. Rogue yeah. Galaxy. Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. should. You should. If you if you wanted like a retro, good retro JRPG to go back to, Real Galaxy is like a good one.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Uh, another one, another good JRPG. Most of my JRPGs that I would like to see a sequel to, and I think this is one that a lot of people want a sequel to, is a Mario RPG legend of the seven stars
1: yeah like t- okay yeah that's one i have played and um that actually would be interesting to see if not a sequel to that exact storyline just a sequel like in the sense of just another like an rpg attempt
2: with the mario franchise well we had paper mario we had the mario you know, luigi series Even paper
1: mario's kind of gotten away from the rpg shit hasn't he
2: Oh yeah, like like the first two uh Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door. They were heavy into RPG RPG shit. But then Color Splash and then I think the most recent one Origami King and then There was Sticker Star. Those three, I think they've kind of gotten a little bit away from they've gotten a little bit away from the JRPG stuff. They still have some, but it's light. It's like light mechanics. They made it much more casual. But it's still in there. Um but like I'd like to see a true like another adventure in the 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 Mario RPG kind of universe but like you know like uh you get Bowser and like everybody else in that universe right like a different story but just still in that universe
1: Okay I could see that that actually should be pretty dope you know I would actually like to see a um I would actually like to see a more direct connection um Chrono Trigger Chrono Cross is technically the sequel, but it really it plays fast and loose with kind of its connection with Trigger. There is a
2: connection, you. Yeah, there is the the. If you're not like super familiar with like lore of Chrono Trigger and like you've read like all of like the other stuff that came out for Chrono Trigger, like the I think there was a manga and shit. There was
1: a book called Radical Dreamers, I think, that was like a small story that kind of had something to do between the two
2: games. Radical Radical Dreamers was a text-based game for the Satellaview. That's what it was. It was
1: a text-based game. Yep, yep, yep. Not a a book. Sorry. My fault. Yeah, for
2: the Satellaview, it's actually a pretty long game. Pretty long text-based game. I played through it. I've only done it once because it's so damn long. And it's like a lot of reading. But yeah. Uh that is that's like a kind of alternate universe story from what they've said. Mm. The the, um it's not like a true sequel Mm. from what I forget the the director of uh Chrono Cross. I think it was Saga gooch I think it is the the that wrote that wrote it. Um he said that Chrono Cross, he says he made that what he wanted Radical Dreamers to be, right? Because he was trying he's been trying to push for Along with everybody else that worked on Chrono Trigger, they've been trying to convince Square to make a sequel. From what I've heard, they all want to make a sequel to the game. Like an actual direct sequel to the game. They should just remake but, it, though. Like, I, as much as I would like a sequel at
1: this point in time, I would take a remake. Especially yeah, if like, they can do it like a FF7 remake. But we can have, like, a Trigger remake. That shit would be fucking phenomenal.
2: I mean, if here's any game that you would want to go down the fucking chronologically confused time twerking warp with. I think Chrono Trigger would be the one because it's literally a game about time travel. So having shit like alternate dimensions and timelines and like all this different shit that they're trying to put into Final Fantasy VII, I think it would fit much better in that game. As long as it's all real well written and not like just nonsense.
1: The, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is, like, Chrono Trigger would happen. Here's the remake, and then Sephiroth's in there for some reason. It's like, why did you put him in here?
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Right.
1: Sephiroth cross dimensions. It's like, no, you put him back. <laughs> I want to see fucking Sephiroth in the Chrono Trigger game. But, like, for sure, uh, Chrono Trigger remake, I think, like, you know, of all the Final Fantasy games, all the Square Square Enix games, Squaresoft games, if you want to go like that. Um, I don't think any game gets as much love as Chrono Trigger does. Like, I hear people that will, like, have their issues with Seven, have their issues with number of the Final Fantasies, name it, right? Uh, you know, Final Fantasy VI is almost of that same universal love as Trigger. But, like, everybody I've ever heard talk about Trigger not only loves that game but views it as one of the best rpgs like best jrpgs turn-based action games you know and um why that why seven got the remake before trigger i i think i understand because i do think seven was more popular to the mainstream
2: Yes, seven is what made Final Fantasy blow up. Chrono Trigger in Final Fantasy VI, as uh, as much loved as they were, JRPGs were not very popular here in the West. People didn't they didn't sell well for like a long time. Like if you look at the original sales numbers for those games, like they didn't they didn't really do all that great. And then seven came out and sold freaking millions, and like that's why it is what it is.
0: Yeah, people, yeah.
2: so, you know. So like I I can see why 7 gets the treatment it gets right but on the kind of hindsight if i had to choose between final fantasy 6 getting a treatment that 7 is currently getting with all of this freaking uh sequelitis uh, i think i'd rather it have 7 just leave 6 alone leave my leave my precious final fantasy 6 alone like like if you want to do like one uh a remaster or like a remake or something as long as it's the same game and not like some other like alternate timeline bullshit that they're doing with seven. Like no. I wouldn't mind that. But de- <laughs> I think it's better that seven that gets all the, gets all of this rather than six. I can see that. I can see that. Actually, I kind of
1: like them fucking with seven a little bit. I'm not really opposed to it just yet, but, uh, you never know. The next game comes out it my shit, the bed. So I, I can right. see your point. Um, Two games that I wanted to bring up in particular that kind of uh, made me want to get into this topic were the first one I must talk about is PsyOps, the MindGate conspiracy. That game in particular ended with a to be continued. Yeah, and I think we've talked about it before on the podcast. Just like oh yeah, we
2: talked about it multiple times.
1: Well, not just the game, but about that fact too. Like it's rare that a game. I don't think there's many games that have ended with a to be continued.
2: It's not common, right? I can't think of any. Not not off the top of my head. I mean, ending a game with the the definite like there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, it's kind of a ballsy move, right? Because you don't know if a game is going to get a sequel. It all depends on the sales numbers and everything, right? Yeah, because that's
1: exactly why PsyOps didn't get it. Because they ended it with that, and by all by all intents and purposes, um, I actually pulled it up here. I'm I'm gonna look it up. Uh, by all intents and purposes, they uh they were it was reviewed positively. A lot of people like like at least in the in the media and stuff, like uh, journalists and stuff like that. They all were like, "This is a great game." But psyops came out in two thousand four with Half Life two, Metal Gear Solid three, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, all released wow. around the same time, at least oh, in that year. Okay, yeah. So psyops definitely. Was a you know new title first of all, where Metal Gear, Half Life Two, and and of uh, um, Grand Theft Auto all were established franchises. These were sequels, you know. These were additional There's sequels. Games probably out. some of the yeah.
2: biggest sequels of the franchise.
1: Yeah, that that too, that that too, uh, which is funny. I saw somebody comment on this. Leave it to Valve to come out with a whole fucking handheld Steam Deck and not a Half-Life 3 announcement. (laughs) (laughs) They still not want to touch Half-Life 3. But anyways, um, another series that people have been wanting a sequel to and they're just refusing not to. They got some kind of bullshit VR thing, which I think I heard was okay. I heard it wasn't like that bad, but it was, you know, some you know, VR half-life thing. And what I've heard,
2: yeah, it's like, it's not like a, uh, a half-assed effort. I've heard people say that it's like a full game and you're like, it actually is like a full game.
1: Yeah. I've I've heard heard that that. too. I have heard that it was actually a pretty decent, it's pretty decent for like putting it in the scope of um, VR. That's kind of the way I've heard it described. But PsyOps, it was definitely a bold move to go for the sequel to claim a sequel, you know? And um, it was a really good game. Like, that game was fucking dope. The ragdoll physics it had in there mixed with all these weird psychic abilities and shit like that. Like, I think that game's been copied. Like, the Star Wars franchise, after that game came out, I saw the Force Awakens games come out where they had the same kind of me- mechanics where you used a force to pick up people and throw them around. I was like, that was fucking right. PSYOPs. So like it's it's one of those games that I, the story wasn't even bad. The story was interesting, and like it just really sucks. And that that game there really desperately, I would love to have a sequel to see more of that. But I think now it's a little too late. I don't think anything will ever happen with that that game, that franchise, or anything. It's not a franchise. It was the one game that came out and it, it died. And again, it was the sales numbers. From what I researched, it looks like that's what it was. And I think it's also the same issue with the next game I'll bring up is Evan Rising. Now, Avid yeah. Rising was interesting because they weren't even bolder. And they said there were going to be three games that came out for this like story. But I think, if I remember correctly, it was going to be like an Xbox 360 title. Then I think they were going handheld with one of them. And then they were doing like a no no, I think they did a handheld that was a spinoff, but I got canceled too. And then they were going to do three like like games for that. Because they, they actually did a co-marketing campaign with Xbox, with Microsoft at the time, where they were going to give away a million dollars. What it was is you had to buy the game. And in the game, you would find these letter A's, I guess for Advent, Advent Rising, the name of the title. And right. based on that, it was like some kind of lottery system where it would like give you prizes and one person would win a million dollars. But apparently they couldn't figure out how to make that actually work. And I saw articles dated back where they were like, yeah, how is this supposed to work? How How are the gamers just supposed to get these letters playing the game and then they get the money? And then they came out like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they stopped
1: they didn't do their marketing thing so but um, oh my
2: god that reminds me of a, 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 a old atari story that i've heard um about a game called treasure master uh no what was it was it treasure master or it was something like this. where they had like a contest and they were you were supposed to win like real like prizes it was like a 24 karat gold crown with like rubies and sapphires and diamonds and shit in it and they had like a sword and uh, like a bunch of other like real like gem like prizes and shit and they said like altogether it was like worth like fifty thousand dollars or something and this was like in the 80s so that's like a lot of money in the 80s mm-hmm. and atari the video game crash ended up happening and atari ended up going kind of bankrupt that somebody else bought it and mm-hmm. the contest just never got finished and the prizes just kind of disappeared even though I think two of them got handed out, and the other three, because I think there were, th- there were five prizes in all. The other three just kind of disappeared, and nobody really knows what the fuck happened to them. Mm-hmm. So it's another one of those just kind of mysteries of the industry.
1: Yeah. So this one, they just canceled it, though. So, uh, yeah. And like the, they only had the one game, Evan Rising, come out for 360. And I want to say that one also played a bit with some mechanics from PsyOps, if I'm not mistaken. I remember, I think I remember, it was like a third-person shooter. um, But you had abilities and stuff like that, too. It it was kind of like a PSYOPs slash Mass Effect type deal, right? Where it's like aliens out in space and all this stuff, but you was a third-person shooter. You had these abilities, and it was telling this specific narrative that was supposed to span over three games. And it got canceled after the first one.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, speaking of games that uh, I was trying to think of one. They got like ended in like a to be continued at a cliffhanger because I kind of felt like there was at least one more that I could think of, and I th- I just realized what it was: Mega Man Legends two. I don't know if you ever played uh Mega Man Legends. I'm familiar game.
1: with the series. I haven't really played it. My brother used to play it more, but it was like an RPG version of Mega Man, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: It was actually an adventure uh kind of 3D version of Mega Man. It was a little bit of an RPG. I remember there being like too many um like leveling. There was a leveling up. I think you could level up, but it wasn't like too much. Um. Uh, It was more like you could get upgrades for like your weapons and shit and you would find it. You know, you would find shit to upgrade Mega Man as you would go into like the different um, dungeons and shit okay. to, and complete them. Yeah. But yeah, but two left, left on like a famous cliffhanger, right? With uh, Mega Man Uh, that version of Mega Man stranded on the fucking moon, right? Because And they literally leave it on the sequel saying that like, oh, we're going to come and get you and like all this other shit. And they set up for a third game. And Capcom has just never done it. They were supposed to make a third. This was on the uh, PS1, right? Uh, Because the first game came out on PS1 and in 64. It was Mega Man 64 on the 64, of course. But 2 was only on PS1. It took until the, the 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 3ds. There was a third game announced for the 3ds, but it only got a little bit into development before it ended up getting canceled. And Capcom has just kind of pretended the series didn't has, doesn't exist ever since. Yeah, Mega so, Man's kind
1: of gone through the wringer for a while. We have really had much. We've had some re releases of old Mega Man games. I think about two years ago, maybe we've seen that was that Mega Man Eleven, right? Yeah, and that was kind of it. They really haven't been doing much with that character at all.
2: They really haven't. I would love to see that's another game. I would love to see a sequel. I want to see the rest of that damn story. That game, it's got some flaws, right? Because it's in like the early days of 3D. The controls were clunky. They were trying to figure out how to transition Mega Man into 3D, because every game was making the transition to 3D at the time. I think now if they wanted to make like a 3D Mega Man and like make be like a sequel or even a remake, a complete remake of this series, I think they could do a much better job with it. I would like to see that. I I, w- I would like to see what they could
1: do with. Give it. Give it to the team who did uh Metroid. Yes, yeah, Retro Studios. Metroid Prime. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, who did that? I would say they could probably
2: get a good Mega Man game. That is a uh, Nintendo. That would it would make it a Nintendo exclusive if Retro did it. Yeah. I
1: think that would be a great home for Mega Man.
2: Yeah, probably it would be. I don't know if Capcom would do it though. Because, you know, uh, Retro is a second-party studio for Nintendo, so they would probably have to work something out with Nintendo. And yeah, it right. would be Capcom and Retro working on it, probably. I'm trying to guess they'd probably work on it together. Yeah, they or, could just let Retro do it,
1: because Capcom don't seem to give a fuck about the Blue Bomber, so just let somebody else who might, you know? <laughs>
2: right, right. Like, Retro would do them, would do Mega Man justice, like, definitely. And I don't know if Capcom would ever go for it, but it's, it's a good idea. Yeah. I would like to see it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh so Avid Rising and PsyOps were definitely the ones that I uh, you know wanted to bring to the table on that. Um I think another one might be Breakdown. I've talked about it before a few times. It only had the one game. Uh it did focus with this like first person fist fighting mechanics. It was probably the first time I've ever really seen that. Uh. Seen it done because it was for the like Xbox. The first Xbox. It was like PlayStation 2 era. And um, it's, it was unique, you know, like not a lot of people focused on fist fighting in a first person, like shooter s type game, right? And it was very story driven. And the end it which you, you know, escaping, defeating the alien threat and saving the day. And it was kind of a mind fuck thing where you play the game just to wake up and realize one thing and then you got to go finish it. Like It it was a pretty cool game, at least when I remember when it hit me at my young age, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel of that one. That was Namco who had that. So um, Breakdown would be another one. that It would be a sequel or at least a good remake for sure. But definitely I think a sequel could, could be something. Maybe not now. It's been too long. And it was a very obscure game, so it's probably why it never really taken off. So yeah. Uh, also, I would say this sequels that need to happen to me, in my opinion, DMC.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that one. I think that's another one that's probably it would be Never rough to happen because I feel like a lot of people hated that game.
1: Oh yeah, they did, but fuck them. DMC was a really good game. Uh I don't care what anybody else says, and honestly, even the haters of it, well, some most of them. If they're being honest with themselves, will admit that the fighting mechanics of the game were great. Most really? people just hate that game because of Dante. Because I think of I've,
2: I've, Some of the critics I've seen of that game, one of the criticisms I've seen of that game, is that the fighting uh, system is shallow. I've heard people say that it's shallower than regular Devil May Cry.
1: I would like to see the proof to that because I would say that it is more intricate than Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry 5, I'll point out, then 4, for that matter. Sh- like, they do the simple streamline of hitting the trigger buttons to, like, switch to your weapon. So you got to tap them however many times, how you got it spaced to flip between weapons, such and such. They did it where all your weapons were intertwined in, where you hold right trigger, hold left trigger, and hit certain buttons. So you can mix four different melee weapons in your gun weapons more seamlessly than you could in a, your regular Devil May Crys because it was all about just cycling through your weapon wheel basically. So, I don't know. I, I would hard disagree. It's different. I mean, you can maybe say I just rather Devil May Crys better than DMC's. That's fine. I mean, that's that's an opinion that you can have cuz it's like it's debatable, I think. For sure but to say that it was like worse like i can't say that it's worse that's that's a pretty pretty strong statement cuz even with devil may cry like when you i mean fuck devil may cry 5 Nero and V they have the one weapon devil the dante's the only one that has some weapons you can cycle through but you barely play as him like you literally don't play with Dante till like almost mission like nine or ten, I think, in Devil May Cry five. And uh Devil May Cry four, you don't play with Dante till like eleven, I think. And you only play with a handful of missions, and you're going backwards through the whole game. Right. <laughs> but beyond beyond just the weapon stuff and everything, which we could go down a rabbit hole with that, the story of DMC was way better than I think anything's been done in Devil May Cry. Uh, as far as just being like well yeah i'll I'll stick to it because like devil may cry first of all you got to accept two in that story you can try and push it away as much as you want but fuck you you made it that's part of it you fucked up uh one <laughs> one is fun but it's it's kind of goofy right like right. dante wants to fuck his mom and two and three Three is definitely the turning point of the series. Three is, is, is a really good game. But I would say the story is fairly streamlined. You blow up a tower. Your brother's trying to get ultimate power. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's that deal. DMC really painted this unique picture of how, how Mundus was taking over the world. Like, you just have, oh, giant demon in Devil May Cry 1, Mundus is bad guy. I got to go stop him. But you don't really have any real context as to what kind of threat this is, right? It's just like, oh, he's big bad demon, real bad. You got to stop him, right? In and, and, and DMC, they actually take the time to really build out how he's controlling the world. Like, he has, like, the fake news the, the, the newscaster is like basically a demonic force that's like putting out the news the way Mundus wants. Mundus himself runs a bank that finances basically most of these companies and stuff throughout the world like it's like interesting um you're a,
2: saying, so what it sounds like you're saying is Mundus is actually Donald Trump
1: uh no he's worse I would say he's worse than that because even <laughs> Donald Trump succumbs to the banks for stuff. Like Mundus right. is who would give money to Donald Trump. <laughs> the Mundus would have Donald Trump in his pocket. That that would be Mundus right. in my, my opinion and how that would play out. Uh, and then he had a succubus who ran an energy, like she, her, she was secrete liquid that people were drinking as
2: energy drinks. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you,
2: you never played? I think that's probably part of what people made it. To- people cringe in a game is that kind of shit like a succubus liquid really and then like the, but it was interesting of, because it's
1: the whole thing of like these like sodas and stuff that you drink that are like slow like a lot of times they're slowly killing you the type of food we have so it's like this this what it was was this all tied in where yeah. people drank the popular energy drink and it dumbed them down to intake the news that mundus wanted to give out and in such everybody was in debt to the bank that was running the world, which was Mundus. So like it was this whole kind of cycle where he controlled the world in a number of different fronts. And his brother Virgil, Dante's brother Virgil, was like a freedom fighter who was like uh you can almost say he was like a uh, they try to paint him almost in the in the vein of like a um what's that hacker group that um Anonymous Anonymous they would kind of give them that anonymous vibe a, a little bit. But then you would see how the news would paint. Like, there's literally a pretty cool uh, part of the game where you're fighting a bunch of demons and stuff like that. But then you see, like, a news film reel of what you're doing, and you're, like, killing people. And they're like, this is a terrorist group, and they're attacking people, and they're painting you as a villain, like you and Virgil. Right. So it, it was interesting. And the whole time – and this is the other thing, too. The whole time – it's showing Dante connect with his brother, building a relationship with his brother. And then at the end, when they're left with the option of what to do with Mundus's empire, Virgil's like, I'm going to take it over and I'm going to run it the right way. And Dante's like, no, you, you can't. We, we're fighting for freedom. You're just another version of control. And it gives you a more emotional investment into the contrast of Dante Virgil and to the, the fighting between the two. You never really got to see Virgil and Dante really work together until five, basically. But even that, not really. It was just like they kind of set that up at the end of five. But Virgil, again, was the bad guy just like in three. They kind of played the whole song and dance again with five. Virgil's the bad guy. So, like, look, in one, DMC, they did it too. Virgil's the bad guy. But if you're redoing the series... You kinda of got to. And also they did it the right way where you're actually playing with Virgil, like you're building a relationship with Virgil the whole time. You're seeing this relationship between Dante and Virgil grow just to see it pull from under him and Virgil's your final boss to fight. DMC really needed a sequel. I think that world would have been very interesting to see another game in. So uh I would have to say DMC is one that deserved yeah. a sequel.
2: I'd say you made a good pretty good case for it. You know, the game uh, you know uh, I could see why you uh, you want another sequel and
0: everything
1: for it mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's, I think that game gets shitted on too much and I think that the biggest problem that people and I had the problem too with it I'll say it I didn't really care for Dante's um, look and I remember when photos came out of Dante's look even Eric was like I don't want to play this game <laughs> but when Eric finally played it of course he liked it but that's right. really not an I think endorsement I it was more
2: just his Look, just his whole attitude He just seems like a fucking douche
1: And he kind of was at the first That was kind of the point of him He was kind of a douche Like he was like When you open up to him He's like fucking a bunch of like Angel women or some shit like that that he picked up at some club or something and like a trailer <laughs> like he's
2: right he's yeah kind and of a douche there's that whole there's that whole opening sequence of him being like fucking naked and like fighting naked and shit like yeah. that's some cringy fucking shit like i don't like if they didn't have all like- it is
1: but it was also the early 2000s where that shit was kind of the thing like i think literally there was a movie called shoot up shoot him up that did something similar that came out i would say maybe a year or two before or after that where the movies yeah, like, doing uh, what, the same them? shit. Where there was a scene where he was fucking his girl and then like some dudes come run in, so he starts shooting them yeah, up while yeah, he's yeah. still fucking a girl. Like
2: Yeah, that's the movie I'm thinking about. It was Nicholas Cage, right?
1: No, that was Clive Owens. Or Clive yeah, Clive Owens. Clive
2: Owens? Okay, yeah, Clive Owens.
1: Yeah, I think that was his name. He was the guy who did Sin City. He was in Sin City. And uh he was the guy who did the uh that one. I think his name's Clive. I know it was Clive something. I think it was Owens. Um, but he's the one who did it. The movie's called Shoot'em Up. And it, it was supposed to be this crazy, silly action movie, right? So, like, it worked in the movie. I would say the same thing about the Devil May Cry. Like, I think it works with the, the tone of the game because Dante's, like, literally in Devil May Cry 3, like, somebody shoots a rocket at Dante and he jumps on top of it and rides it like a surfboard. And he's like, Yeah, Whoa-hoo!
2: 3 is definitely, like, over-the-top anime fucking shit yes but I don't I don't know how much I don't know how much fucking cringy shit actually happens in that game I don't remember
1: Uh, too much kind of a lot so I just got done playing through a couple missions I think halfway through it and there is a lot of like silly cringe shit in it for sure especially the opening scene in his place where he's trying to eat the pizza and he's like doing all the silly shit with the jukebox and all that it's kind of cringe so like that I would say DMC definitely has some of its crunch too. But it also is, it's it's actually playing into the story because you're playing as this immature Dante who then like meets his brother. His brother has a purpose, a goal. He's driven. He wants to save humanity. He wants to you know, he wants to be that. And he's realized what Mundus is doing and the way he's controlling, and he's like working to fight that. And even he's been painted as a terrorist by Mundus and his news team and stuff like that. And that's not the case. Like, he's not out there trying to kill people. He's trying to stop demons. And so Dante finds a purpose and starts to change, like, those like kind of childish ways that he had and take things a little more serious. And it was like a, you see a development of the character, which I think in every Devil May Cry game, I don't think Dante's ever developed as a character.
0: I don't think you've ever no, seen it. Dante,
2: yeah, Dante's <laughs> always been the same. Uh, y- yes. I don't know. And I think that might be what people like about that type, that type of character, too. I, maybe so. I mean, uh, like I said, Dante is a very... In Devil May Cry, he's a very kind of anime type of character. And I, still, and I see it a lot in animes. Like, fucking Goku. Goku has never changed since fucking the, the 80s when Dragon Ball first appeared. Like, he's still the same Fucking person. Even though he's actually grown up, he's still the same.
1: For sure. But, so that's that. That would be my point with DMC. So um I'll definitely bring that to the table. Do you have any other games that you want to bring up here for sequels that should or should
2: not? Uh, I do, but I think we've kind of talked enough about it, right? Like, uh, I think we can kind of get into what we've been playing, right? Because it's gonna, it's getting, it's getting a little bit. Late. It's about to be nine o'clock. Okay, for sure, man. We'd go ahead and do that.
1: All right. I think you said you haven't really been playing much, but you did want no. to kind of talk a bit about the Steam Deck, so I'll go ahead and let you do that.
2: Yeah, I haven't really been playing much, so I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a tech dive into the Steam Deck and the... Uh... Unreal Engine Five, which just they just did another tech demo of the Unreal Engine Unreal Engine Five at GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference. Um, I'll go into the Steam Deck first. I'll start with that. Uh, Steam Deck. Everybody is calling this thing like the Switch killer. I'm not really so sure it is, right? Um, first off, for the for the price point, there's three different price points for this thing. There's uh, $399. There's, There's one for 529, and then there's one for 649. Uh, The only difference in them is that the 399 one comes with the 64 gigabytes of storage. Uh, The 529 comes with 256 gigabytes of storage. And the 649 one comes with 512 gigabytes of storage. Um, Everything else is the same. It runs on a uh, AMD Zen 2 APU, which is the next-gen version of what... It's pretty much the same chip the the switch is running on. The switch is running on a modified version of the Zen one. Um, it's, it's a decent APU. It's really good. You can see it in a lot of laptops. Uh, it runs at like from like one teraflop to like one point six teraflops. It's got sixteen gigs of DDR five RAM. Which the switch let me pull up the switchy spec so I can actually give a direct comparison of. Uh, the switch, I think, runs on DDR four RAM. I think. Let's uh, specs.
1: I'll tell you one thing that I noticed, and I'm not as much in the tech as you are, but uh, if it's it's positioned to be like, oh, it can play all these like top tier, like AAA game type stuff, right? Game games, but, yeah. But like, you can play. yeah. But the the problem I'm seeing is. The amount of hard drive space that it has doesn't match up. Like, if I'm gonna play Call of Duty with the updates and everything, that game it could be like a hundred gig download, and like the data space I'm seeing on there is like barely even
2: a hundred gigs for the cheapest
1: model, right?
2: Yeah, it's uh for the for the four hundred dollar version, three ninety nine. You get sixty four gigabytes. That's you can't just even let download. people. Have, yeah, like that that's not a lot. That's like one game. That's like one PC game barely right.
1: depending, on yeah. depending, yeah, depending on the on game depending on the game like yeah.
2: if you want to play final fantasy
1: 7 remake i think that's like an 80 gig download oh yeah so like Definitely. you you would i would assume though that's easily fixed with like ssd card or some kind of like something some extra hard drive right but i would think that would still affect the way that it plays
2: yeah depending us, on uh what sd kind cards of, you can you can use you can expand it with SD cards. Um, the other way you can expand it is that it takes, I guess, what am I going to call this? Um, for everybody that know, if you understand, it takes NMV, NVMe SSDs, which is the prior, proprietary technology that Microsoft came up with that it looks like those memory sticks. Uh, instead of SSDs being like these uh, kind of big, like square, I don't want to say big because they've gotten pretty small. But like the ones you'll see stored in PCs, they're like probably like maybe three, four inches long or so, and they're about maybe an inch thick or so. And they're they're not something you would look like you would put into one of these. But these memory sticks are much more form factor, and you could get one of those for pretty cheap if you wanted to buy the four the, the four hundred dollar version and then upgrade the the storage to five hundred twelve gigabytes. You could probably do so for maybe around another maybe 50 bucks 60 bucks or something like that uh rather than paying 649 they're charging you like an extra like 70 dollars or so kind of for installation just to install more memory on it so that's kind of what that's for i think a lot of people are probably going to go for the the, the 399 version and then kind of upgrade their storage with it. I think that's probably... Well, or depending they might, on oh,
1: what's okay. even available, right? Like, if right. they run out of stock and all they have is a $600 version, then people will get that for that reason as well, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see what you... Sh-
1: with Nintendo's I can- Switch. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, like, I'm trying to find the uh, the, specs, the specs for it. What memory... Yes, okay, 4 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM. That's what I thought. So 4 that is gigs,
1: hu- yeah, that's a big difference.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That is a huge difference between the Switch. 16 gigs of DDR5, which is uh, twice as fast as DDR4, but it's also four times as much memory, all right? Um, it's got a 40-watt uh, battery in it, which will let you play games for, depending on the game and, like, what your, the intensity, but average 7 to 8 hours of gaming. Mm-hmm. Right, seven to eight hours a game. Uh, I feel like on my Switch, if I'm playing something heavy, I might you might get like four to six hours, like maybe on your Switch, but mm-hmm. that's probably about it. So, like this thing, like tech wise, this thing dwarfs the Switch, and for the price point, this thing is a steal. Like this th- thing is um, just amazing. Like for the four hundred dollars, or even for the five twenty nine, this thing is a steal. But I don't think this thing is in position to be a switch killer. Is what I, I think a lot of people that are going to buy this thing are the same people that already own a switch, right? Because I've seen some statistics before about the adoption rate of like, um, like who owns what consoles, and between PC gamers and switch players. More often than not, most PC gamers, like I think it's like eighty percent of PC gamers, also own an Nintendo Switch, but they don't own a PS4 or an Xbox because they don't feel the need to buy a PS4 or Xbox because they can play most of the best games on, that come to those consoles on their PC, and the exclusives aren't enough to bring them over. Mm. So I feel like so, which would leave that. If you take those statistics you believe that the people that are going to, pick to buy this, that like anybody that would choose this over the Switch, are people who probably wouldn't buy a Switch anyways, is what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people who actually buy into the Switch as well are people who um, enjoy the Nintendo brand. Like the the games yes. that come from that, the yes. exclusives on that, the Zeldas, the Marios, Pokemon. Uh, things like that those those are what sell switches just as much as the switch being a great console honestly i don 't think a lot of people like get a switch and then go play triple a games right like <laughs> yeah, it 's a different audience in fact I, if anything, I think the switch has become like an indie darling in a sense where people have been more enjoying playing like these indie game low budget games on the switch than the big bombastic triple-a games they still play on their consoles on the tv or whatnot
2: right and if you're if you're getting a, a a handheld to play indie games on even though steam probably has like the most indie games of like anybody right because it's pc mm-hmm. spending 400 dollars on this or spending like 200 dollars on your switch that's like an easy like ask right if like all you're looking to play is just indie games and then you get like a lot of the first party shit from nintendo Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like this thing, like this is a good device. This is a good steal for anybody who wants to play PC games on the go. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a Switch killer, right? Like people are saying, like, oh, you could take this and you could run the Switch emulator because there is a pretty decent Switch emulator out there, and you can install Windows on this thing and try to run that Switch emulator on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I feel like if you're doing that, like you were never going to like, like I said, you were never going to like want to buy yeah, a Switch. They, like they, a it doesn't make
1: sense to me. Yeah. Hmm. i'd agree yeah you would already have yeah. a switch if you cared enough yep
2: right so um but i feel like that, this thing's probably competing more with laptops for that too
1: anyone. i would say the oled release of switch is kind of bullshit as well because it doesn't come with any type of upgrade to the system it's just the screen
2: oh yeah the, the oled switch is the same thing i feel like the people are saying that um the switch it's not the switch pro right but they were, I feel like they were very direct in the naming of this thing because they didn't want to know the Wii U situation. So they called it the Switch OLED to try to explain exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Because they know that anybody that already has a Switch is most likely not going to buy an OLED Switch. I mean, some of them might, but most of them aren't. So they're coming out with that update just for the people who don't already have one, is what I feel like. That's what that update's for. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But I really like to have seen it is bullshit though. I'm not trying to defend it. It's bullshit. Like the 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 OLED should have been a Switch Pro. And a lot of the features that are on the OLED should have just been on the Switch at launch. Mm. So I'm not really trying to defend the OLED thing, but I feel like the OLED is the, the same kind of position. Like it's targeting people who don't have a Switch rather than anybody who actually does have a Switch. And I think Nintendo knows that.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see when it finally comes out. Be, I, I actually am curious. I have some thoughts of me, because I've always wanted to kind of, I don't have a really good PC, but I always kind of wanted to get into the, to Steam and, and into the PC games. And this might be a good way for me to do that.
2: Yeah, this Cause, would be a good entry point for you. With, I, think that's, this I think
1: that's what this is going to be a good thing for, an introduction yeah. to PC gaming. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this could be. It's a way to get console players into the PC marketplace. And I'm debating it, to be honest. Like, I uh, I wouldn't mind some of the... Because the Steam library does actually have some pretty extensive catalog of games.
2: Oh, yeah. you're What you would pay for this, say you buy the $400 version, or you can even buy the 529 version if you wanted to go for the 256 gigabyte version, uh, and you did not have to mess with like upgrading your storage or anything, Mm -hmm. um, you, the money, the amount of money you're going to buy on Steam. I mean, save the amount of money you're going to save on Steam sales and everything, you're going to make your money back probably within like, um, maybe a year, depending on how much you actually play it or how many games you buy, Mm -hmm. uh, you might make your money back in like a year or two right cuz i have like 200 something games in my steam catalog and i've got them all on sale and they're all like 50 60 dollar games
1: hmm. Hmm. interesting it, yeah it, for sure like i i'm um, i'm dev- i've got my i've got my attention going that way i guess it's just a matter of if i'm going to be able to get my hands on a console so um we'll see but i i don't i would agree with you i don't think it's a switch killer I don't think it's going to kill the switch because I think the switch is a different market. I would say yeah. this is more competing with PlayStation Four and, and uh, PlayStation Five and Xbox One S. I think this competes more with that I'm than the sure Switch.
2: Well, I that's kind of yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying if I got to compare
1: if is. I got to compare the two because I would agree too. Yeah. Like I don't think it's trying to compete with the consoles either, but I would say it competes more with the PS Five and stuff than it does with the Switch. Yeah, it like definitely does. Switch I think if you wanted, world.
2: if you wanted to draw a direct comparison of competition to this thing, it's probably competing more with laptops.
1: Yeah, mm.
2: than anything else. I can see
1: that. Yeah, like portable gaming via laptop for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, um, was there something else you wanted to get in on that? I'm sorry.
2: No, no. i want gonna. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and jump into the um the tech demo because it's just I only got a little bit I want to say in it in, on it, and then you can um you can go ahead and talk about what you're going to talk about with what games you're playing. Hmm. Because the uh, I was watching the tech demo and I was watching the, a little bit of the presentation when they were the videos that came out with it. And from what I've seen of like the Unreal Engine 5, this thing kind of blew my mind. And that's really what I wanted to talk about it. Because um, like we've seen it for like a while, right? Like it's always been a trope on like movies and like different things of like having these realistic type of like graphics and shit that are indistinguishable from reality and everything and i've always kind of scoffed at it just like everyone else and just kind of chalked it up to science fiction but after looking at this i feel like it might be actually closer than ever than this thing because when you look at it on like a really great like 4k kind of display and like everything it looks it looks convincingly real like you could like it still looks like a game but it looks more real than anything has even come close to looking before um and just to kind of drive home that point i'm gonna bring up i've got an article up here i'm gonna bring up a few statistics um the one is that most of the assets in the demo are made up of 300,000 to 500,000 polygons that's 15 times the number of polygons in the average asset of gears 5 um another interesting thing that came up about it is that in a single eyelash of like one of the characters that you could create in the the unreal engine 5 has just as many polygons in it as an xbox 360 character right which would just kind of blew my mind like yeah no that's pretty crazy i'm yeah, like that's that's insane. Like the amount of of detail that we're getting into. I feel like maybe in the near future, especially considering I feel like quantum computing is like maybe 10 years out, and then like once we hit that, like I don't know, like like it, where the hell are we going to be at in the future with these kind of like realistic simulations. Mm. Have you ever thought about any of that? Have you ever kept up with any of that kind of shit? Not as much.
1: Um, I know what you're saying. You're talking about the Unreal Engine 5. And most companies, they what they do is they like, r- buy the rights to using an engine instead of developing their own game engine. And they use this engine to create games. Like it's, yes. At least for the the layman way of speaking, especially for any listeners who are just not sure what we're talking about as far as the engines go. Um, I would imagine if you listen to this podcast, you'd have some idea. But uh, if you don't, it's fine. Uh, But that's my understanding, right? So the new engine that you're saying is coming out is Unreal Engine Five. Is is definitely like like the polygons is kind of like the different types of um, excuse me, all the different kinds of like I guess you could say like the the shapes or like these like these small like kind of like like square pieces that kind of all together. I don't say square, but like pieces that make of the character like make up an image yeah. that you yeah.
2: see You think it's... of polygons as being 3d pixels
1: yeah so like that's kind of what he's saying is that back in the 360 era what made a character all the polygons that made a character with all the the features and stuff that you see in a character that is making up an eyelash in a character like that's how far advanced we go is just as a way of like demonstrating that and Like, to your point, like, if this can be transcribed into, like, a VR setting, this could be trans, like, if we could get, like, visuals as they keep expanding and expanding to be that real, and then we start stepping into virtual worlds that look this real, I imagine it's the same, you might run into the same thing, like, when you're in VR right now, and things start you're like moving around and you start getting motion sickness your mind can't tell that you're actually not moving it's confused and i would right. almost say we might end up in that
2: right yeah where your
1: mind is confused and i don't know if you're going to be able to tell that you're not in the real world if it looks that real
2: right let's hey, th- see that's probably going to be the next hurdle because think about it, Gears 5 came out in 2019, and it is a fantastic-looking game. And this has 15... The average asset in there has 15 times more polygons in it than Gears 5 did. So... Like, you're talking leaps and bounds in just one generation. Like, this is a tech demo. Like, I'm not going to say every game's going to have like this or be able to push it this far because undoubtedly they probably had some type of like souped up and server some other running. Companies, this
1: thing. Some other companies, too, have spent money on their own engines that might not yeah. be as advanced yet, but are good enough to do what they want to do. So it's going to be a while before things get adopted over that way.
2: Yeah. But it just was just something that kind of blew my mind because it made me feel like, like I said, like the, the idea that maybe that within the next 10 years are definitely within our lifetimes, the idea that we could probably see very realistic, almost true to life simulations is probably more real than ever after, after seeing this. And it just kind of blew my mind. Like, yeah, I just, I wanted to talk about that for a sec.
1: Oh, uh, you know, where the first thing goes, right?
2: Porn. Of course. It's yeah. always <laughs> porn. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tifa is bent over in a short skirt with Aerith on a bedspread. All oh, It's, right. it's gonna
2: be—it's gonna be like that—that uh, that, <laughs> that part in the Fifth Day when um Arnold's friend, the dude, and he like sits in the chair, and like the hologram of the woman comes over, and it like he's like, "I felt it unzipping my pants." Oh, that, you that's our, what we're gonna are you have.
1: talking about Grandpa and Star Wars, the holiday special, oh, where he's oh, in yeah. the couch with his grand with his grandkid. And he's jerking off the VR. Oh, <laughs> well, his grandson's like, What Christmas though, granddad? And granddad's like <laughs> sick bastard. Uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's one thing I don't think I wanna see. I don't think I want to walk in and see my dad having simulations. <laughs> he's got his headset on mm-hmm. and it's like, What's that doing? <laughs> His, bi- his big old boner. Yeah, my kids like where's Grandpa? Grandpa went away. <laughs> Come back later. <laughs> no, um, oh. that's funny. But yeah, that's gonna be the first thing that adopts it for sure. Is people the first? Like that was actually the first thing when VR came out. The first thing I started hearing people talk about is the VR porn. Okay. Like, porn right.
2: pushes everything. Like people don't want to believe it, but like, porn is like usually the thing that pushes everything.
1: Yeah that's funny that was actually a line in the uh that movie uh, Tropic Thunder where the guy was talking about the adoption of the blu-ray and what pushed the adoption of the blu-ray to from the HD was porn <laughs> it was it was porn yeah so um Anyways, uh, I'll go ahead and get get into what I've been playing so we can end this episode. But no, that was pretty interesting what you brought up. So, I'll be I'm definitely going to be curious to see the games come out with Unreal Engine five and see what those are starting to look like for sure. Um,
0: Excuse me. All
1: right. Uh, so I finished Returnal. Um, great game. Uh, I I actually don't. It, I don't understand the complaints about the saves because it definitely has a save state function with it. There's like a midpoint in the game where you turn and then you're like, basically you get through the first three levels and then when you get to the fourth area, that becomes your respawn point for the fourth, fifth, and sixth area. So there's like a halfway point in the game, basically. Right. And if you die in like World 2 you're in world one and you've made it to world two and you die, there's like shortcuts to take to get the world two. You you might have to go through a few rooms in world one and which, you know, is good because then you can level up, get some weapons, whatever, whatever. But like, um actually it's not even about getting weapons as much as just getting perks to kind of boost yourself up because you want to get the weapons when you get to the next world and you get the proficiency boost so that you can use weapons that would work against the enemies there. So, um, it's it's good it's definitely kind of confusing even my brother messaged me he was like i don't know if i understand how this thing ends because like part of me was thinking this is like um you know some kind of um analogy for like death but there's some details of it though that seem a little more intricate so i don't know whenever you get around to playing it i think i have eric's copy. Um, if you want to message him, I need to drive it over to I told him I was going to do it last week, and I didn't. Um, maybe after work during this week, uh, I might just drop it off at your house if he's cool with it, if you want to ask him. Oh,
2: uh, that, uh, uh, I don't, yeah, that's PS5 exclusive, ain't it?
1: Oh, you don't have a PS5 yet. My bad. I yeah. yeah. Okay, that's right. Uh, so never mind. You're right. It's PS5 exclusive. What a loser. You need to get a PlayStation <laughs> 5. But um, go buy Ericsson and play it a little bit here and there you know yeah Um, yeah, so yeah um pretty good i'm gonna drop it off at eric's uh beat it through after you beat it you actually give you a reason to go back to each level and you got to find these like sun medals which i found those and you get like a little extra ending to the game but then after that it's just kind of that and actually the ending was kind of a little lackluster so um Uh, But then again, maybe I just missed something, missed some detail in it that I just didn't get. I don't know. I I didn't really find every single audio dialogue piece, and I didn't really go through it all extensively with a fine-tooth comb, so I could be missing something. So uh, I'll probably look up some videos of people who've kind of compiled it together just to kind of see, but it kind of... As far as what the actual story is that you get to see, like, did you experience from time over? Like there's a few things in it that I'm just not spoiling too much into so that you can play it. But if you ever get around to playing it, I'd be curious to see what you got to say. Um, Other than that, the biggest game I started playing is Dragon's Dogma.
0: Oh, okay.
2: You've never played that when it first came out, huh?
1: No, I didn't. So, um, and I've heard the nerds talk about it a bunch. Shout out to nerds podcast. Uh, we just had Jesse on the last episode with us, and on the movies and comics episode, I had Aaron join us, which he hasn't done in quite some time, so it was fun having him on as well. And, um, you know, we've done episodes with them before, and they've made comments about this game, Dragon's Dogma, about how good it is. And in fact, Netflix has also did an anime off the series as well, uh, Dragon's Dogma. Um, uh, Right?
2: Yeah, I yeah, believe yeah, it
1: was yeah. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Netflix. They did anime on that too. So I was interested. It was on PlayStation Four. Uh, it's on the PlayStation Four. You can get it for like ten bucks right now. They like nine something. And um, my brother actually went and picked it up, and he made a pawn for me to use. Like he's he's been replaying it too. So we both made pawns, and we're both using each other's pawns in the game. Okay. So it's been kind of fun doing that.
2: yeah Yeah. i've heard some i've seen some people get their experience ruined in that game because they're they'll find like some pawns and like and the pawn will have like a bunch of like overpowered weapons and gear and shit yeah you could actually take the weapons and like shit from the pawn so I, i have put it
1: on hard mode um and also i didn't even really think about it nor have i tried to take weapons from a pawn i don't I was using this guy, Rook, who's one of the first guys you get part of the the, the game that just give you a character there. Um I switched out to a different pawn because my brother was telling me there's better ones that can help, but at the same time he also was like, Yeah, I had one that just did a meteor storm and I was like, Yeah, I don't know if I want that. Like <laughs> I don't know right. if I want it's somebody dead. that's gonna like fuck everything up and so I did find a guy who was around like level sixteen, seventeen. And I, it was around my level, which now I'm in, like, 23 or 24 now. And uh, they made the character look and even named him Geralt from The Witcher. Ah, Witcher. And he's, he don't feel that overpowered. He's he's strong. Like he is kind of strong. And, he, and, like, some of his, like, special attacks are doing a good bit of damage, but it's not one-shotting any enemies. He's no. not, like, destroying shit. So I'm still kind of having more of a challenge. So I have a little party. I have Tim's buddy, my pawn that pawn geralt and uh then myself of course and so i feel like it's a fair balance uh hard mode i don't i don't know how to compare it because i never really played normal and easy but there are some like i went down this one path and there was these thieves that were like one shot at me like this is one thief most these weren't but they would have like this kind of boss thief that would just hit me one time and i died i was like what the fuck like i, I I had to just keep dancing around them to the point where I was like, and then I went to a different area and it was like two of those thieves. So I was like, ah, fuck this. Like I am just I'm, just, I'm not in the right level or I need some better equipment or something. So I just got to come right. back. Uh, I just ran into a dragon that like just flew around and like i jumped on top of the dragon and was like hitting the dragon in the face and it was just like not doing any damage so i was like yeah i'm not supposed to fight this yet <laughs> <laughs> but that is actually... uh, i think
2: you're gonna run into that a lot on hard mode yeah i feel like because i feel like hard mode in that game is just a lot of over leveled enemies
1: it might be like. but this is the other thing too hard mode you also they give you a shit ton of money Like I'm sitting on like two hundred thousand dollars (laughs) right now. Like I can upgrade to to whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like I'm just like full of money to do that. As long as I can find the other stuff, like the items and stuff needed. Um to enhance. So
0: excuse me.
1: But I actually do like that mechanic, the I wish Dark Souls would adopt it. Um, do you, to be able to jump and grab onto enemies and climb up them and hit weak points,
2: like Have you, can, you not seen uh, the trailer for Elden Ring?
1: Yeah, okay. So if that's the case, then that looks then that's awesome. I did see. I don't remember seeing that specific, but yeah, if that's on there, that's a pretty cool. I I am surprised how much I like that feature in Dragon's Dogma. Just like mm. we were fighting a cyclops, and it's just a, such a cool thing to be able to, to like run jump up onto this large rock like this like kind of rock thing that's like elevated up above the land i'm running up this like rock and i jump off grab a hold of the cyclops start stabbing it in the eye it is fucking awesome like it's such an awesome mechanic to do to run up and climb up like giant enemies and stab the shit out of them and stuff like that and ride them. And what's even like cooler as well is these enemies are kind of smart. Like, um, there was one, we were fighting an org. So I jumped on his back and the org kind of looks back at me and then just jumps in the air and lands on his back and smushes me and I die one hit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like fuck you buddy you're not jumping on my back asshole so i was like oh shit like like i didn't even know that they would do that like he just literally just kind of looked back and then jumped and landed on his back i was like wait what is he doing oh shit and then i died <laughs> <laughs> so like that stuff was actually pretty cool like i, I didn't realize the ai of these and you know monsters would be kind of smart in some some instances where like now yeah. when i notice them jumping backwards to land on their back to smush me i like kind of jump off quickly so that i don't die you know like but that's pretty cool like there's there's a lot of shit with that that's pretty interesting so um yeah. i'm uh i'm a little ways into it i've been playing for a few hours like i said my characters are in the level 20s right now um, uh, the pawn mechanic of enlisting help is pretty interesting. And also the AI of the pawns also seems pretty useful. Like everybody's actually like, they don't feel like bullshit. Like they feel like they're doing shit. Right. Like I'll have one, have them that like the grab mechanic even works with grabbing enemies. Like I'll have them. They'll just grab an enemy and be like, get them, sir. And like, I just go in there and stab them while they're holding on to them. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, the chick is the pawn that I made and she's like a healer and so like she heals the shit out of everybody she's constantly healing and then I gave her magic attacks and I'll see like fire pillars come up like just setting people ablaze and like one of the other characters had a ability to enchant my weapon with like a fire thing or something like that so like almost every battle would start up and he's like your sword's got firepower now like he, no, no joke like just off the cuff like these things are kind of smart so oh, yeah, it's
2: got some of the best AI I've seen in games. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially for that era when it came well, wouldn't it come out like PS3?
2: Yeah, it was a PS3 game. It yeah. was a I think it was Xbox three sixty too.
1: Yeah, so like uh definitely it looks like they kind of reported it over to four. And that's how I got it. And um it psh, holds up, man. It's pretty fun. It's a oh pretty... yeah, it's it's great. I think the... it's on
2: PC too. I th- I played it on PC. That's why I first played it. I didn't play it on PS3 when it came out. I think the but worst
1: it's... thing I've noticed with it though, and maybe I'm just not, but I, I don't think it has a lock on feature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is can be kind of frustrating because sometimes you can swing wildly at nothing because it would be nice to be able to lock on to a specific target. So. Uh... But it's not the worst. It doesn't, like, kill the game. It's just been a nice option to have.
2: You got to learn to free aim, man. Yeah, I mean,
1: free aiming is fine. But, again, like, I'm not free aiming, right? Like, so I'm not, like, shooting or anything. I don't have an archer. Like, I have a warrior. I'm two-handing weapons right now, like giant weapons. So, um, it's not, um... It's it's not really about like just aiming. It's just you know it, again, it's not the worst. Like even with Dark Souls, lock ons help sometimes, but sometimes it's better to not lock on. So it just depends. So um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool little game, man. Like it's interesting. Uh, to just run into these big enemies and just like have these battles jumping on. Like it just it it seems pretty well balanced i'd say between the ai's being pretty helpful the monsters even being like kind of smart um and then even like your ais and stuff like the pawns is a cool mechanic where you can grab pawns from other players and then like those pawns if they've done missions before like they can like oh i know about this mission i did it before Like, like they can tell you things about oh it.
2: okay yeah
1: not only yeah. that they can also like no weaknesses of enemies, so they're like use fire, you know, because if they've if your pawn has experienced this with another player, they can even give you the heads over here using that pawn. Or when you figure right. it out and you use it, and you notice a weakness to it. They'll like call it out and they'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, um,
2: uh one thing I remember about the game is that um, you're talking about the walk. One trick you can use. It's not like uh. Auto targeting, but like if you raise your shield, it will kind of automatically kind of like face the nearest enemy. So that's kind of one way to kind of reorient yourself to try to kind of stay like facing the enemy, like the nearest enemy. Yeah. If so you like use a shield, I, mean.
1: I have me, I'm two handing weapons right now, so I don't actually have a shield. But okay, I did. I was using a shield earlier, like I had started with a fighter who's like sword and shield. And right. now I'm playing with the warrior build, which is, like, two-handing, like, swords or hammers and stuff, so. um, But all in all, it's pretty interesting, and I, I don't feel too, like, they do have, like, some side quest stuff to do, but it doesn't feel too ham-fisted. And a lot of the side quests at least feels like there's some kind of story piece to it. It doesn't feel too, like, bullshitty. There's a few that are just kind of, like, do this, but it... Again, I don't feel like it's, like, an overabundance. Like, there's, like, some of the first early quests you get are just, like, kill 20 of these enemies. And it's, like, you could just rack those up, and then as you play the game, you'll pop them, and you don't even have to go back to, like, get them acknowledged. Just pop them and be done. So that's nice. And then there's ones that have, like, a story-specific thing where it's, like, uh, you talk to a character, and they tell you about a problem. And so there's, like, a story to follow with it, which is kind of interesting as well. Um that they do that. And I don't feel like there's like an overabundance of it. At least not yet. So and then of course there's your main narrative of stuff that's happening. Um so overall I think it's a pretty solid game, man. Uh definitely seems pretty cool. I'm been keep playing I'm gonna keep playing it. Uh plan to keep grinding on that. It's probably looks like it'd be my game I'm gonna focus on for the most part. Um but other than that that's about it that's kind of really all I've been playing uh, I might get back to Metal Gear 2 after this or something I don't know but um, I've been kind of itching to play the Metal Gear Solid games again but I again I don't really have a good way to stream them I was kind of wanting to stream them but you know whatever so anyway uh, but that's it I guess that's all I got so I'm going to go ahead and call us uh, unless you got something else to say
2: no, I think that'll do it for us today.
1: All right, man, so that's it. You can catch me streaming, Sammy Savage 88, if you're interested in that. Uh, definitely don't have the best setup or anything. I'm just playing games, so if you want to join in and say hello, I'm there, and I'll talk to you. Um, Kev, you want to plug anything?
2: Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash Uh I'm also on Twitter at, at SirKaylo. Uh, I'm trying to like fix some internet troubles I've been having. I've been having like frame drops and things. So I haven't really been streaming as much lately, but I'm probably going to start trying to stream some more because I've been kind of getting some of that sorted out a bit, I think. So yeah, you can come on and check me out over at Twitch.
1: All right. Awesome. And also check out nerds, the podcast, check out my guys, Blurreds or Russ. Definitely. If you're into the anime talking stuff, check them out over there. Uh the long box guys, the comic podcast, they're also always doing some cool stuff, so check them out as well. And um then also shout out to Wasteland Batman and his Twitch stream there. You can check out Wasteland Batman over there. Uh really good dude. And um he's an ambassador. He stands. He stands for the Viking Beard Company. He is one of them. He might even be a Viking. I'm not sure. It's quite possible. And I'm pretty sure that he will come axe in hand and chop down us terrible people without beards so that only the bearded people live. So live in fear. Watch out for Wasteland Batman as he travels his Viking nature. All right, I'm out of here.